Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Film Yak podcast, our weekly podcast for movie discussions. I am John. I'm Kevin. I'm Jonathan. And today we're going to be talking about, we're actually going to do a double deep dive today. We're going to combine two episodes because it's been 10 days since we recorded. Mm. Actually, it's been 11 days since we recorded, 10 days since the last podcast was put up. So we're going to uh, do Jonathan and Kevin's pick on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Jonathan's pick, of course, the 1981, uh, no, 80, right? 81. 81? I believe so. Okay, well, anyways, the 1981 film... uh, Possession, directed by Andrew, Andre, Andrew, Andre <laughs> Zalowski, and Kevin's pick being the 2013 movie The Double, directed by Richard Aoyadi, Aoyadi, Aoyadi. Okay, hmm. who's a is he a Kiwi or something or? Uh, he's like half he British. He's like half Norse, half African. Oh, okay, but he yeah. is from England. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought he was for some reason I thought he was from New Zealand for a second, but. Um, you might be thinking of Taika Waititi, the guy who directed uh, the newest Thor. Mayhap, and, mayhap uh, I am. Is he is he in that movie? <laughs> Ioadi. Oh, how do you say his name again? Iowadi. Iowadi. Yeah, I've always heard it pronounced Aoyadi. Iowadi. It, sound, it sounds more right the way you say it, but I only knew knew how to pronounce it because uh, Matt Berry was like uh, he was Dixon Bainbridge in The Mighty Boosh. And originally, Richard was Dixon Bainbridge, so like he was under contract for the IT crowd, so they got Matt Berry instead. So. Okay, great. Well, we're going to be talking about those two movies. We're also going to be talking about Phantom Thread, the latest Paul Thomas Anderson movie, which we all three uh, saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots and lots of other things that we watched, including other Zalowski films and uh, other movies in the theater. So thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for joining us. And let's just uh, jump right into it, because we really don't have time to be diddling around today, fellas. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, Kevin, you should start, because you probably have more stuff than... You might have the same amount as me, but you definitely have yeah. more of Jonathan, so... Yeah. Uh, let's see. Rewatch the Sugarland Express, Steven Spielberg's first feature. Actually a pretty good now, movie. Now, is this his first, is this his as, first feature, or is Duel his first feature? As far as I know, I think Duel was a TV movie. It was, but it was so, released theatrically. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Then, um, so Steven Spielberg's second feature, I guess. Maybe, uh, it might have been really. It might have been released theatrically after Sugarland yeah. Express. It's hard or to may, say. Or like maybe like it's his like first you know studio feature. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, pretty funny. Um, like I, I did not remember the just billions of cars and people that are in this movie. Like, you know, it's... Um, Literal billions, or are we being hyperbolic there? <laughs> hyperbolic. Okay. Uh, but, like, quite a few. Like, you know, like, there's a point where um, Ben Johnson, he's playing, like, the, uh, the captain who's, like, chasing after this uh, runaway couple who have taken a cop hostage because they're trying to get to their kid mm-hmm. who has been, like, given to a foster home. And, yeah, so Ben Johnson at one point says, shit, all of Texas is out here. And it's like, yeah, it's like you can believe it. Like, you know, there are like long shots of like huge amounts of traffic on the highways. And it's like, yeah, this is pretty ambitious for a first movie. What is it about? Uh, So uh, Goldie Hawn breaks William Atherton out of jail because their kid has been taken into foster care because they're not fit parents. And so they're going to the town of Sugarland because that's where the kid is. 
and they're just trying to get the kid back. Hmm. But along the way, they take a cop hostage just to be able to get there. And Is there like a, kind of like a Badlands vibe going through this thing or what? Actually, a, there's a, a lot of Badlands in there. And like I'm pretty sure the Coens were watching this when they were writing slash directing uh, Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like I see a lot of a lot of those two movies in okay. this. So... And Goldie Hawn, how's she looking in this one? She's all right. She's young. And I've never, tight been, a, and never been a huge fan of. <laughs> never been a no? huge fan of Goldie Hawn. Young Goldie Hawn? No. Yeah, she's all right. Are you I mean, serious? Neither one of you? She's all right. I mean, I wouldn't. You know. Have you guys seen Overboard? No. Okay. No. <laughs> well, watch Watch Overboard, and she's in her bathing suit. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's destructive. <laughs> Speaking of which, they re- they remade Overboard. Did they? With, um... Oh, that's right. Some yeah, woman. The some... woman is a star. I forget who... The guy's like a nobody, but the woman is somebody. And they re- they reversed the, the gender, so now it's the woman who kidnaps the man. Right. And makes him be the husband. Hmm. You know, because obviously politically correct, so... Well, okay. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> waiting, waiting for them to remake Captain Ron now. <laughs> uh, definitely. I, I need to rewatch that. I saw that in the theater on a double bill with, uh... I think it was either Cool Runnings or The Mighty Ducks. Oh, wow. It was killer. Um, Okay, well, I watched uh, David Bowie The Last Five Years, which is the documentary that Jonathan talked about last episode, HBO documentary, which is not an HBO documentary. It's a BBC documentary that that HBO bought, apparently. Mm. But uh, which explains why it's just dreadful, Uh, (laughs) like really, really (laughs) boring and bad and terribly made and uh, just really goes into a lot of areas that it doesn't need to go into mm. and uh but skirts a lot of them too it's just brutal and i agree <laughs> with the thing what you said about the jazz band is a lot of fun to like watch them play and but for some reason you know when you said jazz band and when i imagine the jazz guys playing on black star i always imagine older guys like old do you know what i mean like old school mm, jazz yeah. musicians yeah, and yeah. all these guys are really young and they're all playing like electric instruments for the most part and i don't know for some reason i know that on the album it's you know it's electric instruments but mm. for some reason i just imagine them all like you know playing like upright bass and piano and stuff so <laughs> i don't know why but um, who's that that ensemble that he worked with who uh like they did the first version of sue in a season of crime that was and, that was the same people, but except that the there was a different. Uh, the lady was working with. You remember the lady's name? The yeah, composer? I don't remember her name. She stopped. Yeah, working she did with like the arrangements. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she left, but then she suggested that he use that band for the rest of the album, and he said okay. But anyway, it's uh, it's really pretty not good, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean honestly, I mean unless you're just like a, a Bowie completionist, I wouldn't even recommend watching it. Mm. Jonathan, uh, I watched the Vault. Uh, this horrific. Can I ask you why? Nightmare. How how would you even hear about this movie? I I, I have no idea. I was okay. I'm sick in bed. I'm just like I gotta watch something. Like I feel like shit. So I want to watch something. And scrolling through Netflix, and it was just like on the suggested thing. It was on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. I just huh. saw the trailer for it on iTunes the other day, and I was like, this yeah. is the most ridiculous looking movie. <laughs> I just see the cover, and it's got James Franco. And I'm like, okay, James Franco. And I was like, reading the synopsis, and it's like bank robbery, yeah. something blah, blah blah. And I was like, mm. okay, James Franco, bank robbery into this. Watch it. It is horrible. It is so fucking bad. He he like works at the bank, and like it's haunted. The bank is haunted. Like there's like there's like an old vault down like underground that like a bunch of people were killed in or some shit. And oh god, yeah, there's like 
demons and shit in it. It's bad. Now, is he in it? I mean, is, He's is, in is, it. is he like a cameo or is he actually in the He's movie? in He's it. He's a star. He works at the bank. Okay. Um, because sometimes and, you know they'll put somebody's face on there. And the girl just, from yeah, yeah. Orange is the New Black, like the crazy bitch. What? what? Crazy eyes. Is that is that her name? The black woman? No, she's she's white. She's like squirrely looking. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The, the white trash one. Yeah, white trash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah anyway, she's in it. And uh, Pensatucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> she's in it. She's horrible. Everyone is horrible. <laughs> Even James Franco's horrible. <laughs> Half star. It's a paycheck. It would be a zero if I could actually get a zero on on Letterbox. What I do is I do a half star and then I just write in the thing zero out of five. And I was or sick, just right? do, or just don't even rate What's it. What's even more fucked up is like I was on like a lot of fucking Nyquil and shit, mm. and it still sucked. Like I can only imagine having to like soberly watch this. So yeah, yeah I can just horrible. I can just imagine you like <laughs> like Edward Norton in Fight Club when he's like. Just staring at the TV, like not sure what he's looking at. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. All right, bad. Let's, okay. Um, the Naked Island, directed by Kanito Shindo. I watched this because I was a big fan of Oni Baba. This one's interesting because there's literally no dialogue in the movie. Um, and the vast majority of it is people like this family, they live on an Island, they're farmers and they're, and there's no water on this Island. So they have to go over to another Island, like three or four times a day, get water, you know, put it in pails and bring it back over to the Island and then like hike up this really steep mountain Island to, you know, just like that's their life. Um, Sounds yeah. like a blast. Don't they just live next to oh, the water sure. source? Yeah, why don't they just move to the other <laughs> island? Again, and, no dialogue. Oh, <laughs> like literally, the like the one the one subtitle that's in the movie is like when the like the father like picks up one of his kids and he's like playing with him, heave ho, and which he uh, says in Japanese. I think. Okay. I think he just goes yeah, and they try to translate, and it they translate it as heave ho. But um, but yeah, like like it's an interesting concept, and like it really, you know, like the actors like are actually, you know, like in their terrible sandals, actually hiking up these hills with you know the water the water buckets. But like I don't know, it, like I can see what he was like going for, like emotionally. But like for me, it was like okay, like you know, just half hour straight of silence while they're just, you know, pouring water and then going to get more water. It's like, okay, sorry, I need a little bit more. Sounds awesome to me. I'm going to check it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you might... I love repetition. You, you, you might appreciate it more than I did. Have you seen the Turin horse? No. I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. I won't say you should watch it because I think you'll hate it, but it's <laughs> uh, it's 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 just... All about repetition, and I love, ah. it. I love it to death. It's okay. so great. <clears throat> well, I um, <clears throat> just jump in. Let's just jump right into it. I wa- I rewatched Valerian <laughs> to defend one of the greatest films of last year uh, against my one of the co-host. greatest films, which was four stars yes. on a rewatch too. So. That's correct, four stars. Okay. 
What's wrong with that? I don't understand that. Four stars is a good rating. I gave four stars to Phantom Thread. So yeah, I mean, exactly. I well, you gave it four point two five. Oh, four point two five. Still same thing. <laughs> Would it help if I gave Valerian four point two five, Kevin? Well, like you're <laughs> acting like it's some absolute masterpiece. It's but not. I don't think it even made your top ten. It didn't, but it would make my top fifteen. But that's I, not the point. I'm I, just saying. I think. Okay, personally. Oh, here we go. Here's what John yeah. really thinks. I think John is doing this. I, I sincerely think that you were just being a contrarian. <laughs> this movie got pan like it was just fucking trashed by everybody. And I think subconsciously This movie was not trashed by subconsciously, everybody for one. Subconsciously you watched it and okay. you're like you you're, you you purposely found the good in it. Sounding and, and sounding a little ignorant because and, this and you're mo- grasping this, okay. to the good. Okay, this movie was not panned by everyone. A. B who liked it? Everyone I watched hated this movie. Everyone you've watched? Yes. Who have you watched? YouTube you vi- YouTube about? reviews? Like fucking You watch like, YouTube reviews of Valerian? I'm just, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking I'm just about? Try, I've, I've tried to find like who likes this. Go on Rotten Tomatoes. There are positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's not a zero percent. I know it's which not means a zero someone percent. liked it, it's right? It's just like I don't I don't find the good in this at all. Okay, well I do. And I I'll uh, even though I've reviewed this movie before i can explain again why it's so good okay. if you'd like okay. but i'd personally like to hear kevin say why he thinks it's so bad what'd you give this i gave it a one and a half yeah <laughs> see that's absurd that's absurd see that's I a think... man looking to be sad and miserable <laughs> clearly you did not want to have fun with this movie if you did, you would have given it more than a one and a half. I went in thinking that it could be fun, but then it was just fucking dumb. What was dumb about it? And, and Dane DeHaan, for one, Dane DeHaan's stupid-ass Keanu Reeves impression that he's doing the entire movie. Yeah. And the fact that like somehow he's like a major, but he can just boss everybody around, including his, his commander and the general. And then, like... The f- okay, like I was ready to give this movie two stars. Okay, but then it gets to that point where like he decks Clive Owen, yeah, and then he's like, "No, what are you doing? You can't give that to them. This is government property. I'm a soldier. Yeah, that's not my call to make. Like you just fucking decked your your senior <laughs> official. Who are you to all of a sudden get so high and mighty when you're such a prick the entire movie?" Like, literally, the first interaction that he has with Cara Delevingne, he's twisting her arm trying to get her to kiss him. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to be honest. With you, I hated all that shit. Anything, yeah, that was, it any, was, any love between them was weird and, like, rapey to me. I don't know. It was just, yeah, like, really, like... <laughs> rapey? Yeah, like, how, just... How was it rapey? Just, just, like, not good. Okay. So, so you're going to love me, bitch. Like, so just, by like, rapey, you mean not good. <laughs> No, no, just very no, like, like overly like masculine. Like he's, like like, like he not, literally the first time ridiculous. like the first time they're on screen together, he grabs her wrist, tries to put her in a hammerlock, and says, "Give me a kiss." Yes. Like, who would actually continue to work with a douchebag like that? Especially when <clears> like <throat> she's literally the most competent person in the entire movie. So you guys are none. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so you guys... So, <laughs> it's like Kevin's winded. 
<laughs> so you guys were yeah. uh, genuinely offended at like a feminist level about the the treatment of women in this movie. Is that what you're saying? No, you're taking it to the extreme. No, I'm just saying like it was. That was you part, said he was rapey. I mean, it, that was that was for that was part of it. Co- comic relief. Well, let's I'm talk joking. for real about this movie. That was part of it, but the fact that it goes on and like. That whole sequence in the beginning where they cut up Space Oddity and have all the all the alien races shake hands. That's actually the only part I like in the movie. <laughs> Thank you. It's that's that one, was, one of the best scenes of last year. If I was at a top ten scene list, I'd probably be like number two. Damn, you're insane. It's an incredible but, uh, scene. No. <laughs> it's an incredible I, scene. It's brilliant, in fact. Are you the being way, I, are you being paid? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I like the <laughs> I'm allowed to like a movie, all right? Uh, this movie is a lot of fun. It's very, very enjoyable. The things that you're talking about, let me just address real quick. The idea of Valerian being a sexist and Valerian being a uh, uh, masochist, not masochist, a, uh, <laughs> uh, a sexist. Anyways, not trying to kiss her without her permission, okay? Which, uh, on a moral level, I agree is wrong. But I'm, I'm not saying uh, right or wrong. I'm just saying it's just cringy. I'm okay. just watching it. I'm like, this is cringy. I know. I don't want to see this. I know. So it'd be like if you watched a James Bond movie from the 60s and he was smacking a woman around, you'd say, this is cringy too, right? You yeah, don't want to watch sure. that. This character is from that time period, one. Two, he's based on those kinds of characters who are overly masculine. Three, he is not uh, the... It's fine what he's based on. He's not the... Hang on. He, hang on. Hang on. Okay. He's not the hero. He is not the person. I don't think he's he's portrayed as the person who is in in control genuinely. She is in control. Yeah, she's clearly, in control, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I said, I she's mean, the most competent person in the movie. Exactly. Like, rega- regardless of rank, I agree. Yeah. So what's the problem? <laughs> no, I just I, I just think I it's just, dumb. I, just, I don't know. Like like I've I've actually seen like looked at the original. Uh, um, graphic novel or graphic mm-hmm. co- comic. Yeah. It's just trash. I don't. I don't like it at all. I, it's, well, that's it's okay. Just, I'm not arguing about the graphic novel. I'm talking about the just, movie. And I'm just saying, you said it was based on. It's like, oh, it that's, and it's like the that's, character is based on yeah. the, archetypes that yeah. exist. That's fine, but I think it's just not that interesting to me. That's know, fine. Like that at all. That that also just to <laughs> say. I mean, as I've said before. <laughs> The romance between Valerian and whatever her name is. <laughs> what is her name in the movie? I don't even remember. Laureline. Laureline, yes. Yeah, Valerian yeah. and Laureline. The, the, the romance between them is such a minute part of the film. Like, I, it's something I don't even think about after the film's over. Also, is it... So, like, basically, you've forgotten, yeah. like, three-fourths of Valerian's dialogue in the movie. Which is him like, when are you going to marry me? There when are, are you literally, when are you going to do that? There are literally three scenes where he talks about marrying her. You've three counted. scenes, three scenes, one at the beginning, there's one in the middle and there's one at the very, very end. And that's it. Like, I don't like, and this is, and this is what, this is what irritates me is that it's, it doesn't irritate me. I'm not genuinely like upset that you guys don't like Valerian. It doesn't matter to me, Same but like you are. It, I'm not, I'm not, I think, I feel like Kevin's acting you more upset me, that I, that he me hates ignorant. it. <laughs> No, I said you're ignorant because you said something that's just patently false, and you, yeah, that's okay though. Doesn't matter. You're not you're not ignorant. I'm just you know I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm just like you know. The point is though that this criticism of the love story it seems like that's like literally the end of all criticism for this movie. It's like Dane DeHaan sucks. No, no, no. Dane DeHaan sucks, and the love story is stupid, and this movie is garbage. That's what Jordan's complaint was. That's what Kevin's complaint was. It seems to be what your complaint is. No, I have more to, and I, you're, I have and more to complain about, about in this movie. Uh, like, like, I know, hang on, hang on. The, where he hits Clive Owen, and then he 
wants to keep this property. It's like this. Aren't these like? Don't they feel very nitpicky? They're just like small, small things. I actually didn't think Dane DeHaan was that bad. Like I, I kind of like the Keanu Reeves type, <laughs> whatever. I think it's just fundamentally uninteresting to me, and I think it goes in these directions that are just absurd. And I know it's supposed to be absurd, but it's not entertaining. Like I don't the, know that it's supposed to be absurd, but it's like I, I don't. Mean, I don't it, see how it's any. I don't it see has how to be. I don't know how like, is it any more ridiculous than like Star Wars. I mean, and yet Star Wars is well, amazing. Star Wars. You just have the you have the characters that I grew up with, and it, I guess it just has a nostalgia. I don't know, and I don't even like Star Wars that much. I know, but, but I'm but saying you like, like it more than this, right? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I don't understand how they're really that. Well, much actually, different. not really. I think I gave uh, the Last Jedi. A half a star. You gave less. a Force Awakens for four. So let's. Well, yeah, Force Awakens is. Yeah, but he gave the Last Jedi like two and a half, two point yeah, seven five. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, talk- I'm saying this movie is not that dissimilar from Star Wars: A New Hope. How is this? How is this any different than? How is it any more goofy than that movie? That interdimensional stuff where, like, you know, he gets his hands stuck and then he meets a Are little you alien baby. Kidding? Though the scene <laughs> in the big market is amazing. Nobody dislikes that scene. Are you crazy? That scene rules. It's okay. I think no. My, well, my the idea my, that they have to wear the dude, stuff how, to go in there and many, shop. How many alien or how many alien or like random bizarre scenes have you seen in like a billion movies? What makes this one so special? It's in a different dimension. No, I'm going to the agree. mechanic of it. I, I'm going to I'm going to agree sorry, with John on this. Okay, I'm going to agree with John, but I'm going to get my okay. I'm going to get this criticism out real quick. Hmm. I cannot stand the the scene where she's captured and has to bring the food out to the that's all trash to me. Garbage. Rihanna is garbage. I can't stand any of those scenes with her. It's absolute terror. And that, and that on was screen. An, and that was terrorism. another thing. Like the, the whole <laughs> like the whole horrible. thing with the whole thing with Rihanna like and then like she just Oh, she's dead now. Yeah, Sorry. I was like, that was that was not good. And then she just turns into dust, and it's like, so what was the point of having her around? Like to get him into is, the thing. Is, to is this is this the her. like first Bond girl who appears in the film who like always <laughs> dies? Is that what that is? <clears throat> I mean, genuinely, I think it's uh, that's just you know poor screenwriting. That's all. I mean, it's there are problems with the movie. It's not yeah. a masterpiece. I didn't give it a five out of five. I don't. I, I don't mind Rihanna in the movie at all. And that scene that she's in where she dances is literally three minutes and twelve seconds long. That so it's is not long, that big of a deal. dude. It's, <laughs> three minutes it's and twelve the, seconds long. It's the length of a song. You got to sit there and fucking watch it. It's entertaining to watch. She's doing the dancing. <laughs> she's changing into different things. There's effects. Nah, man. There's also stuff nah. going on with Valerian. Uh, we're going to we, we're going to disagree. That's on okay. That's I'll, I agree we to disagree. disagree. I don't mind. But the point Ethan is, Ethan Hawke was funny. Cara Delevingne is a very competent agent. But the rest of this movie, I just thought was dumb. Well, it seems like a. It just that's fine. We I mean, have more to get to, so I'm like, okay, you know, we can we can agree to disagree. That's fine. Okay. I just didn't like it. I don't know. I, I like it a lot. So, and I did expect it to go up on this rewatch, and it just didn't. It's just exactly where it was, and it's just a very enjoyable sci-fi movie. A little sci-fi. Uh, I, I I kind of agree with you. It's dumb. I, it's a dumb movie. That's what's fun about it. Like it's not like I'm not watching it to like get some kind of insight into the human condition or something. I mean, it's like it's. Well, a I think the thing is stupid blockbuster. Well, like, it's, it's, sh- it's like how you like Thor Ragnarok. Like it's I, like I guarantee you, I watched Thor Ragnarok. I'm gonna give that movie a one and a half because it's gonna be garbage to me. I mean, what's the difference? I don't understand what the difference like, is. Like Dark Knight Rises. What's, what's the, the difference? difference? What's the Oh, but are you serious? Yes. Dark Knight Rises doesn't realize how goofy it, it is. It's not fun. That's not a fun movie. No. And Dark. I, like, what's the? How, how, what does that mean? I'm trying to answer the your question. Just dumb. It's fun. I'm trying to answer your question. 
Okay, go Dark Knight Rises is not fun because it doesn't realize how goofy it is, and it's not trying to be fun. It's trying to be a serious movie. This movie is not serious. Uh, Okay. Fair? I guess so. Okay. Yeah, that's fair, but it's just it's how is it not now? It's, it's funny be, to us because you take <clears throat> such a hard line against Marvel and you Marvel know, like, is trash. <laughs> how many Marvel movies have you seen? I've seen I've seen Iron more. Man. I've oh, seen okay. Iron Man two and three. I've seen uh, Captain America one and two, and I have seen you saw uh, the second Captain America. Yeah, Rustin insisted that was that was the last straw for me. Captain, uh, uh, that felt like it was three hours long. It was I brutal. I don't know how long it, was it is. It was brutally bad. Yeah. And then I saw uh, whatever. I saw like the first 10 minutes of Guardians I'll, of the Galaxy. I'll give it to you. Marvel I'm movies are off. a little more self-serious. but I, don't, I wouldn't even say that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Marvel movies are like Nolan films. Like That's not accurate. But, the, and but they're, I, they're trying not, to I, be sometimes. I, <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm I not, think it's Captain more, America 2 was seriously trying. I think it's more movies, DC like, you know, cause, because of the Nolan movies. Like All right. of, all of yeah, the DC movies that follow true. are going to be, you know, like grim and sort of dark but you know they're gonna they're also trying to skirt that marvel line where they're having quote-unquote having fun too so i I think i think if you watch guardians guardians of the galaxy like that's a really good comparison to valerian yeah like those movies are not yeah maybe i don't know i i guess i feel the same way about guardians i mean the 10 minutes that i saw of it as kevin probably does about this movie in that like he probably feels the same way about dane dehan as i do about chris pratt like i don't Chris mm. Pratt just like cannot. He's done for me. I he's the worst. I, I have to agree horrible. on. I have to agree on that. Like I wasn't a huge fan of Chris Pratt at the beginning. Like even in Parks and Rec. But now it's like he's literally the same guy in every movie. Yeah. And it's like okay, like I get you're playing Chris Pratt, but it's like, <laughs> ugh. And did I just you wanna... see Jurassic World. <laughs> I did. I did too. And I just want to be clear too on something <laughs> about Valerian. I'm not a Dane DeHaan fan. Uh, okay and i'm not saying he's bad in the movie i think he's fine in the movie for what the movie calls for he delivers but it's a it's not a role that was like wow dane dehan really cranked that out of the park like he's he's not a very good actor in general and uh i mean the first thing i saw him in was the place beyond the pines and i thought he was really good in that and then everything i've seen him in after he's been pretty bad so Mm -hmm. i'm not like defending dane dehan I wouldn't even defend Cara Delevingne, although I do like her a lot in the movie. I've mm-hmm. never really seen her in anything else that I've liked her in. So it's, um, I mean, like the acting, this, but this is the thing. It's like I'm not judging this movie on acting because it's such a goofy, big budget blockbuster movie. Like I don't care about the acting. It's like going to watch Thor Ragnarok and saying that, wow, could you believe how bad, you know, so Idris Elba was in that? It's like he's they're supposed to be bad. It's a comic book movie. Like, I don't care about the acting in these movies. I, mean, I care about I, yeah. other things. That's like, actually a funny thing about yeah. Ragnarok. Like, I like it's going to sa- it might sound goofy, but like, I think it's Anthony Hopkins best work in a long time. <laughs> that does sound goofy. <laughs> here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Over the last like, I don't know, five, ten years, Anthony Hopkins has basically been like, is he Odin? Like, yeah, yeah Odin. he was yeah. Odin. Yeah, okay. But, like, he's basically been, like, you know, kind of a, like, if Hannibal Lecter wasn't a serial killer, like, he's very, like, he kind of just has that one facial expression and, you know, like, he seems kind of sinister, but not really. And, like, I'm thinking a lot of Westworld here. Um, But in this one, like, he actually has to, like, you know be animated for a little while and like, you know, say goofy things because in the context of the movie, he's Tom Hiddleston pretending to be Anthony Hopkins. Mm. So 
for this, he has to change things up. Spoiler. Whatever. It's been Ruined. out. It's been out for a while now. But yeah, Ruined. so so the fact that he the, the fact that he's not just, you know, staring creepy old guy for, you know, the, you know, 15 minutes that he's yeah. in the movie, like I thought was a <laughs> I thought it was a really good improvement. Well, with Valerian, <clears throat> one more thing. Sure. I'll I, talk about Valerian all day. I, I agree. It, it, I agree. It's trying to be fun or whatever. It's, you know, it's not to be taken seriously. Mm. It looks great. Mm. Um, I, can we agree on that, Kevin? Does it look good? It's all right. Whatever. Okay. The special effects to me are like literally the best CG I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Like the CG uh, in it is insane. And it's like so incredibly dense with CG imagery. Some of the green screen was a little whack. Like wh- uh, whenever they're fighting the uh, the guys in the banquet hall, whatever the king. Yeah, like, yeah. It, if you really watch it, like it looks a little whack. I like, didn't notice that. But uh, I mean, I have no eye for that kind of thing. Like to me, it looked like it looked very similar to Fifth Element. Only you know, I get you know, I mean, I think it's it's probably a Frank pretty Dope. good feat that he could make what you know was pretty. I'm guessing practical in Fifth Element. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure there's a lot of CG in Fifth Element, too. Right. But, I mean, like, I wouldn't... It, there is like, a lot it, of practical stuff, though. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has a thing for, like, alien costumes that are... Yeah. You know, like, all this stuff at the beginning with the yeah. aliens shaking hands and stuff, a lot of those aliens were practical. So, I mean, yeah, right. he's got a thing for that. But, I mean, there's a ton of CG like, in both movies, I'm sure. But, yeah, I mean, I... I know nothing about CG. Like, I no. mean, I can I can tell when it looks bad, but, like... I couldn't tell you, like, oh, this looks especially good. At the very least, then, it doesn't look bad. No, it doesn't oh, look okay. bad. It looks decent. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it looks good uh, outside of the first, like, bizarre scene. I, did, I didn't appreciate that. Uh, and, and the very first scene where they're greeting all the aliens. Uh, I just think it just it just meanders. And it just, like, goes in these weird directions that I don't care about. And some of it was so random. Like, the underwater submarine scene where she's got to get the jellyfish. That, oh, I love it. That was, I love when I love the sea captain guy who like, yeah, he cranks the thing off of the, uh, the bottle and like, the bottle like sprays into his mouth. It's uh, so cool. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't do anything for me. It just went off the rails. And I don't know. It, it could have been a lot better if it was just like this, I don't know, this solid story. And it just felt like it was going in like a thousand different directions. But, uh, and also it felt like it was trying to do too much. I was just trying to cram all this shit into two hours. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. Probably knew that he was never going to get a sequel to it. Pro- so. Most, yeah. yeah. Well, most I'll, I'll just uh, real quick, uh, I'll talk about Come and See, if that's all right. Sure. Uh, I watched uh, Come and See, which is a World War II film directed by uh, some fucking Russian guy. <laughs> What's the deal with the poster? Like, it looks like a sci-fi movie. But I, I couldn't, I can't. Uh, what is it? Elim Klimov. Uh, it's a. It's just a, the main actor's face with the words "come and see" sprayed on his looked, face. It looks like it's on like, the bridge of his nose. I just like <clears throat> glanced at it before we came in here. I yeah. don't really understand the colors. There's like red on one side of his head and blue on the other side of his head, and yellow coming from behind. I'm not really sure what that means. Mm. Maybe I missed something. But um, this movie's from 1985, and it's uh, it's an Eastern European. Uh, film or it might be Russian. I think it's Eastern European though. But anyways, uh, I think at the time it probably was Russian. Yeah, Soviet. It's uh, from Belarus. I forgot. (laughs) Right, it's Belarus. So, uh, anyways, it's about this boy who um, 
he decides he wants to join the Soviet resistance during World War II because he finds a rifle buried in the sand, <laughs> which is kind of a cool scene. But uh, he uh, joins, and then his family is killed by the Nazis, and he has these adventures kind of along the countryside with this uh, absolutely beautiful young Belarus- Belarusian. Belarusian? How do you say that? Belarusian? Belarusian? Some girl from Belarus who is just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, he meets her and uh, they hang out for a long time. And there's this pretty incredible bombing scene where they used way too much explosive. And it's just like (laughs) really dangerous looking. It's like blowing up like 50 feet from them. And uh, so they get bombed by the Nazis. And then uh, they meet up with another band of uh, resistance fighters. And eventually he gets... uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what happens. It's been about a week since I watched this. Yeah. But he he uh he gets captured somehow and they go to this town and there's like three hundred Nazis in this town and they're gonna kill the whole town, essentially. And so their plan is to round up everybody, put them into the church and then burn the church down. And uh they do this and it's this pretty epically like uh depressing like 25 minute sequence of them rounding up these people and putting them into the church and then letting a few out, including the boy. And then they burn the church down and they shoot and they shoot their guns into the church to kill everybody. So, uh, it's pretty fucked up. And, Mm -hmm. um, jeez. And there's also a scene, this is insane. There's a scene where they use live ammunition and they shoot at the boy and you know, it's live because, well, A, I read it was live afterwards, but I knew it was live while I was watching it because it's like uh, you just watch Fury, right? So, like, in, mm. in, in Fury, when they shoot the guns, everything's got – they have, like, the uh, light tracer bullets, you know? Right. They use tracer bullets in this movie, and they're, like, firing them, like, over his head over in this field. And I swear to God, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think they kill a cow in this movie. They shoot this cow. Like, you see the light tracers go into the cow, and the cow falls over. <laughs> so it's Christ. pretty fucked. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Um, no animals were harmed in yeah. the making of this movie. They Asterisk. Well, one, right. but they can't you know, get But he that. was very ill. Absolutely. So uh, It's probably lunch. Like, I mean. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, I mean. I would hope they did something with it. Just bring out it. the butcher. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyway. Uh, that's what the movie is. <laughs> I think it's, it's it's you know it's probably just trying to say something about the ultimate evil of that mankind is capable of. But mm. um, I honestly I found it to be a little slow, and uh, that sequence in the in the town where they do all that stuff is very engaging and like disturbing. But there's a lot of it, especially the stuff with him and the girl, where they're just like walking around talking to each other and I, I don't know if it's supposed to be building character or something. I don't really get anything out of it. Mm. And it was just kind of like, you know, I, I, I really don't like to use the word boring with a movie and this movie wasn't boring, but like some of those sequences were kind of like, you know, less than interesting. Mm. So, uh, I had to give it a three and a half, but, uh, I mean, I wouldn't unrec not recommend it. I think it's good and it's certainly worth seeing just for the, that scene. And then the, just some of the stuff that they do, like the explosions and the live ammunition and shit like that, it's just <laughs> pretty nuts. It's just not, you know what it is? It's like you read about it online and you, and it's like very controversial. Mm. And on the IMDb, uh, like whatever it is, the parent content advisory, 
It says it's filled with graphic violence, and there is very little violence in this movie at all. Like, one person is shown being shot, I think, and it's the worst squib you've ever seen. It's, like, the weakest-looking, like, nonsense squib going through somebody's shoulder. And not that, I mean, not that, you know, people getting their heads blown off or something would have made it better, but uh, just, I guess I was just uh, expecting it to be a lot more, like, intense than it actually was. Mm. Cool. Uh, When saw The Phantom Thread. Want to talk about that now? Sure. Why not? It's just uh, called Phantom Thread. Yeah, okay. I uh, went and saw the Phantom Thread, uh, and it was pretty Such good. Such an asshole. <laughs> the Phantom Thread. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, it was pretty good. So we saw Phantom Thread, directed by Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson and starring uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in his final, final theatrical performance. Maybe. Uh, also starring some woman whose name I don't remember. <laughs> Vicky... Crates or crepes, 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 creeps, yeah, something like or that. Creeps, yeah. She's uh, apparently not English, even though the movie's set in England. She's right. from some other country, which I didn't really get until like got the, I got three the quarters German of the way through. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting scene where like uh, Daniel Day Lewis is playing backgammon with the yeah. uh, the um, yeah. Duchess or or whatever is that her a title custom was. in her country or whatever. Yeah, like I don't want to sound, I don't mean to sound racist, but. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah what'd you guys think of phantom thread can we all just fucking agree johnny fucking greenwood right just pretty agree good. that his name is johnny greenwood yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty good <laughs> yeah i mean the score was like yeah <laughs> i i i found the score to be good yeah, but also like incredibly not generic, but like not challenging at all compared to his other scores. Like his other scores are like avant-garde and this are, I mean, that's a little extreme, but they're like, they're not normal movie scores. This is a very typical movie score. I was surprised coming from It's actually funny you mentioned that because I felt that way about the entire thing. Like I thought it was very, very like trying to be a normal film. Hmm. Like it wasn't like, Outside of the ending, or the like, you know, close to the end, <clears throat> it was just. Try- I don't know. I, he, he's just. I don't know what he's doing. I th- I think I know what he's doing, but I, I I I think he's abandoning like all of this huge grand, you know, auteur shit for like this clean cut. As, Who are we talking about? Pete Anderson. Okay. As we saw in uh, Inherent Vice, like it was just like really. You know, it was weird and like kind of all over the place, but it, it just felt really like edited. You know sharply and just presented in a normal fashion and i'm it's like um, this is like on crack this is like you know c- like a thousand cuts like it's cutting back and forth back and forth They're like when people are talking to each other and it's just i i don't know like it's very like you find the book problematic no because i think a lot of people are actually doing that auteur type stuff like tarkovsky ripoffs and you know 10 minute shots and all that. I think that's like, that's like almost the mainstream at this point. Like it literally is. And I think he's like, I don't, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not in his head or anything, but like, I feel like it, you're not, no, <laughs> but I feel like he's like, he's reacting to that almost like it's, I don't know. Mm, mm. I, I saw that while, while I'm watching, I'm just like, this is like really by the book. I feeling. can see what you mean. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure I agree entirely. <laughs> I found it quite challenging. I, really? What? What did you find um, about it? Not maybe not to me personally, but just to like general movie audiences, I think would find this movie somewhat challenging in that it's like 
Well, for one, the story itself is about uh, Reynolds Woodcock, who's played by Daniel Day-Lewis, who's a fashion designer in the 50s in London. Mm. And uh, he's a pretty uh, unlikable character. (laughs) Fastidious. He is neurotic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Those are all good words, good descriptors. Uh, He's, uh, (laughs) yeah, he's not, but he's not likable is my point. Mm. And I think that alone, that that challenges an audience when you have a main character who's not likable. And then then two is that it's very slow-paced, like, I mean, I, not it's not like glacial or anything. It's not like a Tarkovsky movie, but it's it's certainly slower. I mean, having I, I rewatched There Will Be Blood in preparation for this, and I'm not sure. Um, this is also you know my fifth or sixth time seeing There Will Be Blood, so I'm not sure if it would play it had played differently before. But like There Will Be Blood is not nearly as slow as this movie. Like this movie's much slower, and it might just be because I know what's coming in There Will Be Blood and. It's all exciting to me, you yeah, know. Yeah, that has a lot mm. to do with it. Yeah, but there are certainly, uh, you know, the story I'd say is more engaging in something like There Will Be Blood than this. I think this I is where there's more of a story. This is where PT yeah. Anderson like is a master. This is how he's a master is because he takes a story like Phantom Thread mm-hmm. and makes it interesting. I agree because like anyone else with this fucking script would have been nightmare fuel. Right. And that's what I, I say. I'm not, not at all saying I'm not saying that I found the movie to be too slow or that I found it to be uh, unpleasant or any. I mean, I loved it. I give it a five. But I, uh, <laughs> but I mean, by no means. Yeah. By no means was it unpleasant at all. I, think I, it's fantastic. I actually think I actually totally disagree with you. I think that like totally disagree him being <laughs> him being dislikable was more funny than anything else. Like I like people in the audience were like cracking up anytime he had like some kind of neurotic fit or something like that, like, or mm. like, you know, was being moody. Yeah. So I, think I, I don't think that's really challenging at all to anyone. I don't know. Well, I think like, <laughs> wow. Well, I think like, where, I think like, I just like, I kept hearing people <laughs> laugh. I'm like, yeah, that was kind of funny, but I mean, what? Well, well, I think like where the, where the challenge comes in is like you, like, in this, in this kind of context, like, yes, he's unlikable. And in just about any, in anyone else's hands, like it would be comedic because, you know, you think about like, you know, Dr. House is a great example. Hugh Laurie, like, you know, very, very unlikable. But people people laugh at House and they love the show. But like if they ever actually met Dr. House in person, they would have nothing but bad things to say about yeah. him. I don't I don't know that that's a good comparison, though, Kevin, because House – not that I've seen House or have any desire to see House. I've seen one scene from it. Uh, but I, And I know I, – I understand the character that seen he is. I've seen one scene. I'm a master of this. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I, I understand the character that House is. Yeah. Okay. Like he's he's this guy who's extremely cynical and yeah, he's and the lovable. Yeah, the cynical, yeah, lovable. Dickhead. Exactly. Well, yeah. there there you go. He's lovable, which is like the thing. It's like he's not liked by other characters, but the audience. He's built to be liked by the audience, right? But I, I don't th- think Reynolds Woodcock is built to be liked by the audience at all. No, but I think like the audience is going in thinking that 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 is how they're supposed to react, like. Oh, you know, when like, oh, I like, agree with like that. that that scene where he's like, well, it's a little late now, isn't it? Right. It's a little late now, isn't it? Right. It's a little late now. Huh? I, I think huh? I think for me, it's like he's done the unlikable character before in the master, but it was way better and more like awful. And he's a terrible man. And I, I don't know. I, I it didn't. Wait, go, you, you're talking about Hoffman in the master. Yeah, it didn't go like. It didn't go far enough for me in this movie. Like I felt like I missed a scene or something. See, like, I didn't oh, think I didn't think the master went far enough. Really? Like, 
No, because like there's like I'm actually not 100 percent clear on what you're talking about either. I mean, he's with just, Hoffman being evil or bad I mean, or something. He's he's just like a controlling person. He's yeah, like, he's, he's like yeah. he's like the he's same, a jerk. Yeah, he's like an yeah. asshole and a jerk, and it's it's like he's just a manipulator. But he's also a human. But he also like has these very human moments, and you can tell that his like love for Freddie is very genuine. Yeah. But you know. I'm just saying, in the Phantom Thread, like, he, he's, you know, he's an asshole, he's a fucking manipulator, whatever. But, it, again, like, in the Phantom Thread, like, it just didn't go far enough. Like You keep saying the Phantom Thread. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. He did, it didn't go far enough. Like, I swear to God, I swear to fucking God, I felt like I went and took a piss and missed 10 minutes of this movie. And, like, I missed the scene. Did you? No. Oh. And I felt like I missed, like, this scene that, like... I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's like so. Like him snapping well, at her see, uh, all the times and all the insults and everything that she had to endure. That I, that wasn't I, enough for no, her. No, it wasn't. But, I mean, I don't, I don't even understand what we're talking about necessarily because it's like I understand what you're saying, sort of. But like, in like, go far enough for what? Like, what was the reaction that wasn't justified? It 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 just I don't know. Like, because <laughs> her reaction wasn't to. I don't know if we're unclear on this. He she. A lot of people seem to think that oh, this is going to be huge spoilers, so just don't listen if you don't want to, this movie spoiled. But yeah. um, a lot of people seem to think that she was trying to kill him. No, she's point. trying to make him sick so she can take care of. him. I mean, so, at some yeah. at, it, maybe in the first time she was trying to kill him or something, which I don't. I don't think you get any of that in the movie. I don't think she's ever trying to actually hurt him severely. She, yeah, she obviously wants to make him like a child so well, she he, can take oh, care early, of him. Earlier in the film, he has his fits or whatever, where he's yeah. like debilitated right, right, mentally right. for like three days, and she yeah. she finds that oh, I can. Take she care likes of him. that, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he likes it too. Yeah, so it's like it just seems like he's and he's untenable whenever he's not like that yeah like they don't get along at all and he hates her and he wants cyril to get rid of her and Mm. all this kind of stuff so it's like it seems completely justified her action to say well i'm gonna make him like this all the time so that we can or periodically so that we can Mm -hmm. revive our relationship here and then or now and then you know so i'm not sure i didn't i like i guess i'm saying that you know like i don't find like it was didn't go far enough. I feel like the For relationship me, was it, deteriorating plenty. Yeah. He was ready to leave there her. There wasn't there's there's this well, it sounds yeah. like like uh John, your one of your biggest gripes with Heath Ledger's Joker was mm. that it wasn't like he didn't go far enough. Like well, that's just the nature of the film that he was in. But yeah, well, yeah, I but, agree. But I mean, yes. I I think I think like that he was did definitely did not. He should have raped Maggie Gyllenhaal. And I'm sorry to say that, but that's I remember the the thought I had before the film came <laughs> well, out. He should have killed her. Well, he he tried. Well, he tried. He did kill her. I mean, but like you know, <laughs> earlier. I don't know. Or or, <laughs> or kill or, her like in or person. Yeah, that's what I mean. It should have yeah. been like uh, that. The comic, a death in the family, where he literally the, beats yeah, Robin to death with a crowbar. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah. takes or, pictures of naked uh, well, Gordon's like, daughter. Right. Yeah, yeah. Shoots, shoots her, shoots her, and paralyzes her, and then takes pictures of her naked. Right. And like, more that's that's horrendous. And I'm not saying like I would. God, I really wanted to see the Joker rape Maggie Chillin. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. Something it should have been a lot more personal, and if the guy is truly like batshit insane, then mm. he should do something truly heinous, not just like set up a bomb like some kind of fucking comic book supervillain. Especially when you're trying to set this movie in a reality. Okay, back to the yeah. The I don't know why we're talking about this. Explain. <laughs> not going far enough. Oh, not going. Far. Oh, so you're just saying, but the, I guess, yeah. So like Daniel Day Lewis might have actually had to like give her a backhand, or yeah, but like, see, I feel like or that, like or you know. Right. Like that, that, a, that would have been a, out of character for, yes. for Woodcock, but it is crushing for me to see Daniel Day Lewis as such a subtle character. 
Like he's he's like he's like it's like PT just got like the fucking reins on him the whole movie. And I'm just I'm I'm just like he can't I know go he's beast so mode. needling though. Yeah, but I don't his character wouldn't go beast I mode. I know he wouldn't, but it's like It's the character he's playing. What do you want him to do? Be inappropriate? I mean It's like it's like I it's like whenever he finds out that she's poisoning him or yeah. whatever, he I, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to like, oh, I wish he would have fucking exploded and beat her or something. But it's like, I wish something would have happened. I love other than that's just like the one of the greatest scenes in the films when he realizes what's happening and he accepts. Yeah. It. So good. It's just kind of like the slow chew. Yeah, it, it's it's good. I mean, it, it's a good it's good. It's all good. It's just I don't know. You wanted him to ex- to have some kind of. uh some kind of demonstrative moment where he stands up and screams at her and beats the table or something like that. Yeah, but like, yeah. like, like we said, like that would have been completely out of character. Because right. anytime know, like, anybody raises, his I mean, voice, when he <laughs> when he loses it to Cyril and he says, "I can't deal with this anymore," and he's freaking out in their office, I felt like that's you know that's pretty. That was really good. That was yeah, very good. And like he started losing in there a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and like I mean, like I think he does. I think like yes, in a very subtle way, I think he does go beast mode because like. When he's when he's lying in the when he's lying in the bed and like he's crying oh, and yeah. he's looking up at yeah. her and then there's a, the scene with the asparagus yeah well I like my asparagus I like my asparagus cooked in oil and salt and clearly even though we've been together really a really long time you obviously still don't know this about me <laughs> and I like what when, do you and like I like when she comes in with the tea and he says. He says, uh, I didn't ask for I didn't tea. Ask for and then, tea. And then like, she leaves and she says, I'm leaving. He goes, but the distraction is staying right here with me. Yeah. <laughs> like that, it's like, well, it's a little late now, yeah, isn't it? It's a bit late for that now, yeah. isn't it? And like, yeah, just and I thought he's just very controlled. I mean, he's always controlled. I don't find him yeah, ever to yeah. be like out of control, but because he's just like, that's the kind of actor he seems to be. But mm, yeah. yeah, I found this this performance to be just, yeah, extremely tempered and controlled. And I, I don't have a problem with that. I think it was really good. Yeah. I don't think that. It's his best performance or anything, but I I certainly think it's very very good. And I thought that uh, Vicky Creeps or Crepes or whatever mm-hmm. her name yeah. is was also equally good. I mean, she was fantastic. Yeah, and but, I was honestly a little worried about her just from the trailers because mm-hmm. the way she delivered some of her lines I was like, yeah, she seems a little monotone. And uh, no, she was good. She's good. Yeah, and uh, the woman who played Cyril, she was fantastic. Cyril, like, Rules, yeah. That, 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 that all scene, the acting was good. I mean, that scene where like uh, you know. Don't try to get into an argument with me because you will be fucking bloodied on your back on the floor. Yeah, you know, it was it's it was just this this hardcore. two yeah. hours of tension like, yeah. that never broke, and it's uh, and I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's just what it is. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I I love the uh, I love the way it looked. You know, there's no mm-hmm. cinematographer credited on this film, and because uh, apparently he just used his lighting team from the last film, and he didn't hire a cinematographer and it just it looks fantastic it looks like mm, the I, master or inherent vice or i will say that blood. certain scenes were literally paintings like yeah. like when she's sitting in the chair talking to the doctor like throughout the movie every time it showed her she, i was just like this is a painting like it lo- it almost looks like a painting and like anytime he's uh he was like he had his hand on his face he, it was like a couple scenes like whenever they're shooting dresses or whatever it just looks amazing like it yeah. looks so good I really yeah. enjoyed um, the some of the some of the shots too. I mean, just like the uh, like this is why when you said earlier uh, that he's trying to make like a typical movie or like a normal movie, I just found some of the shots were like still incredibly like good and like interesting and like you know whereas something like um, 
you know, like Spielberg, for instance, would make a typical movie, a normal movie, and his shots are rarely very interesting, in I, my opinion. I don't mean to say that he's he's going like commercial or something. I'm just saying yeah. that like structurally, like these, it, it seems more hmm. normal. Okay, like it's not trying to be some kind of you know. Also, loved all the stuff with the. The lady from Frasier who was wearing the dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and they went and got the dress from her. That was good. Yeah. Go in there now and take it off. Yeah. Yeah. First F word of the movie. Just really great stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. And, like, the fact that, like, you know, like, up until now, like, uh, Alma has been kind of like, huh, well, what's the big deal? But then she's, like, fucking furious. Yeah. And she goes in there and takes the dress off. That's why he's so turned on by her. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I gave it a five. Gave it a 4.25. Four and a half. Cool. Kevin, you want to talk about something? Or, I don't know, John, whoever whoever wants to talk. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm done until the... Uh, oh, Jesus. Okay. The, the features. Uh, let's see. Let's see, I can... Well, I only have three more, so... I have a bit more. No, I'm sorry. I have I'm, five more. <laughs> Jesus. I have a, I have a, I'm sorry. I have a few that I can... When's the last time you watched Inherent Vice? Uh, I tried to watch it last year, and I got about... 45 minutes into it and i uh stopped it to start it again later but i just never started it again to, I need to rewatch, so. mm. john have you seen you haven't seen mojave no okay i wanted to i like i mean you, garrett headland is he in it yeah he's, he's like the lead. isaac isaac uh, Os- oscar isaac oscar in, isaac and it's written and directed <laughs> by uh, william monahan the guy who wrote the right Departed. right 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 I mean, you you might like it better than I did, but I I just thought it was trash. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, it kind of looked like trash, but I still wanted to see it just because yeah, I mean, everybody involved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I can combine these two. Uh, watch Grizzly Man. Um, did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was really I thought it was really well put together. Uh, I thought like like I have to agree with that one uh, that Eskimo guy who ran the uh, museum. Like, uh, like Treadwell, like trying to be a bear. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're not a fucking bear. My favorite was the guy at the airport. Like, just I think one of the pilots or something. He's like, yeah, he's, with a big like, mustache, just an idiot. Like, he, you know, why is he out here? Like, like yeah, and like, yeah. And then like all all the footage of him. And like, well, you know, it's too bad I'm not gay. I I'd, I'd be getting a lot of dick if I was gay. <laughs> It'd be great, man. But I'm straight, so it's too bad. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, it's like, too bad women just don't like me the way I am. Is this your favorite Herzog film now? I guess. I mean, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I would I would take... I, yeah, I mean, I gave this a four, but like, I, I see documentaries differently than, yeah. than features. Uh, like, favorite so far would definitely be Heart of Glass, but... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Jerry, I mean, you, you both watched Grizzly Man. You, you know sure. what it's about. Uh, I also watched, uh, have either of y'all seen Werner Herzog Eats His Shoe? I have uh, a long time ago. Yeah, it's, um. I can't remember. It's on the Burden of Dreams. Les Blank? Disc, yeah. Yeah, Les Blank. Is, and, it, on, is it on that? Yeah. Oh. I think it's on Gates of Heaven. That. What? Well, that was the movie where, like, Herzog was like, Look, Errol, if you finish Gates of Heaven, I'll eat my shoe. I'm pretty sure it's on the supplements for Burden of Dreams. Is it? I don't know. Let's look. Okay. <laughs> Keep talking about it. But yeah, so like, 
So like they sh- like Herzog gets he gets off a plane, goes into a kitchen, and no, was, yeah, and next thing this. you know, you see him shoving garlic into his shoe. And I'm not I'm not going to eat the soul because you know you you leave the bones of a chicken, <laughs> <laughs> and like and it's also stuff about him talking about like you know I'm really proud of Errol and I'm proud of myself for forcing him into this, and um like <laughs> and like. I think there should be legitimate war against talk shows and Bonanza and Rawhide. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's on the burden of dreams. Okay. Criterion. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, John, you want to go? I'm sorry. I also have to say, I, I, I apparently gave Come and See a four. So I don't know why I said three and a half. You gave what? I think I gave Coven C a four, apparently. Oh, oh. Maybe I'm wrong about that, though. I kind of did these from memory. I don't know. You did three and a half. Three and a half or four. Oh, okay. doesn't matter. Uh, I, uh, I I watched a couple of uh, Zulowski films after I watched Possession, um, just to have a more kind of well-rounded idea of his work. Uh, so I downloaded The Devil and The Third Part of the Night, which are his first two films from uh, 71 and 74, I think. Maybe 71, 72, I don't know. Anyways, or 70 and 72, I don't know. Early 70s. And um, watched The Devil first. And The Devil is about a Prussian army soldier who is uh, in the middle of uh, some kind of war in the late 1700s. And he leaves his... There's like a huge battle and everybody dies, but he's alive still. And he goes back to his hometown, like where his house is and his father has committed suicide and his uh, mother is gone and his sister is uh, marrying some guy, some like local yokel. And uh, his wife who was going to marry him has left him and is with somebody else. So his whole life's kind of falling apart. And the whole movie is like this odyssey of, uh, I forgot. He's like captured at the beginning. He, he gets escaped by this, uh, this guy like, breaks him out of jail uh and this character who you know this character who breaks him out really weird character hard to kind of wrap your mind around who this guy is i mean obviously the movie's called the devil and it's is it, it the devil it'd be easy to say he's the devil <laughs> except for the it's except for awesome, like his actually. his motives is, are that like he wants the names of the other uh Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm totally forgetting things. So there was a big battle, but he tried to kill the king is what it was. Oh. Mm. And that's why he was in prison. And so the devil wants the names of the other conspirators for some reason, which you don't really find. He wants he wants them to sell them to the people. Like he wants to sell them to the king. Mm. Like here's the other people who tried to kill you. Give me money. You know, right? <laughs> and it's just kind of like, which is like, so, but he's the devil. Like, why would he care about like, money you know what i mean it's just kind of weird but mm. um but anyways he he ends up leading our main character through uh the country so the war ravaged countryside and he starts to kind of lose his mind not the devil but the main guy and uh he just ends up killing a lot of people with a razor blade with like a straight razor <laughs> and it gets pretty gruesome and um it just reminds me of the whole thing reminds me very much of like herzog like early 70s herzog just like you know anything like Heart of Glass or Aguirre or any of that kind of stuff, just these kind of bizarre, uh, absurdist, philosophical, you know, n- no real plot, just kind of like... Yeah, just the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the main reason I wanted to watch it. I was like, this just sounds like a Hurt Song film, and it is a lot like that. But um, 
I'd say not quite as good. Just not quite as. I guess I find Herzog more profound. Like some of the things that he's trying to get at, I think he actually gets at them. And Zulowski, in this film at least, doesn't really seem to achieve much. But at the end, not to spoil anything, but the the character, the 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 guy who you would say is the devil, he does he does die and turn into a dog a dog corpse. So <laughs> I guess I guess he is he is probably the devil. That's pretty awesome. After he mm-hmm. shoot he shoots a guy in the face with a, a, with a flintlock rifle, <laughs> <laughs> and then he dies. He gets oh he tries to rape a woman and she cuts his balls off with a straight razor, and then he dies and turns into a dog. Does it show the balls? They show her cutting him, but I don't think you see anything. Oh. Uh. But it is pretty. It's pretty graphic. Like when he shoots the guy in the face, like it's disgusting. Like they use like like, a, like Cronenberg level. No, like it's a different style. So it's like mm. um, if you guys are familiar with the Wacamole gun, the uh, the the one that Robert Rodriguez invented. So like in the movie Desperado, when he gets shot in the hand, you remember the, the blood sprays against his hand uh. instead of his hand exploding. And that's he invented this thing called the Wacamole gun, which is just like he shoots the blood at you yeah. and it makes it look, oh. you know, like your blood's exploding. And um, it looks like that. Like he's like shoots him in the face, and the blood just, just like shoots like sprays against its face. <laughs> it, look, it looks it looks ridiculously good though. Um, so yeah, that I watched that and uh, I gave that a four. I liked it, but you know, again, not you know, not I thought it was going to be like like I was like this is going to be like six out of five. You know? <laughs> and then I watched uh, the third part of the night, which is a, a movie that I, I believe you made before this, which is a. Uh, about World War Two, and there's a character who wants to join, sort of like a come and see, I guess, wants to join the resistance uh, in this town. And before he can meet up with uh, the person, his go-between is murdered by uh, the Nazis, and uh, he gets chased. It's an incredible like foot chase scene at the beginning of this movie, and there's like gunfire, and as we'll talk about with possession, just the squib work. I mean. <laughs> killer yeah but uh in in this movie too so and then he he like it's really weird he like joins this uh he signs up to be a uh a tester at this place where they uh, examine lice so they they have this little box full of lice with a uh, screen on it and then they like they like put it on your leg with a belt and they let the lice feed on you and they take it off and they like study the lice and the blood that they got and like the diseases and things like that so this is what he does for a living for most of the movie. <laughs> and um, different things happen. It's not terribly interesting. It's kind of a slow burn. and uh, mm. But, you know, still still enjoyable. Like, I think I gave it a three and a half. Um, yeah, so how many more do you have? Uh, let's see. I just have my two theater watches now before the main reviews. La Post? Yeah. Jesus Christ, he's still counting. <laughs> Look at that. How do you have 15 left? Uh, like four. <laughs> talk about two of them at least, and then maybe talk about the next two after I get done with my two. Okay, <laughs> let's see. Uh, rewatched the docu- the BBC documentary Synth Britannia, which is about electronic music in the late 70s, early 80s. So it's got... Um, Flock of Seagulls. No. <laughs> no. Uh, But it's got like uh, Human League, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, um, Depeche Mode, Yazoo, uh, Cabaret Voltaire, Throbbing Gristle, Mm. um, 
Yeah, and it was like for me, it was a really interesting thing. The fact that like, um, like they even say in the documentary, like, you know, all of this was happening in, happening in like different towns, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't like uh, like with hype, where you know, with Seattle, where you have like one scene where all of all of the it was like a collective consciousness of electronic music, where everybody much, was doing yeah. it at the same time, but in different spaces. Yeah, and so like everybody apparently was listening to the. Um, Craftwork, <laughs> yeah, craft craftwork, Tangerine Dream, and apparently Wendy Carlos was a big inspiration for a lot of these guys watching uh, Clockwork Orange, and you know, so you've got like the kind of dystopian thing yeah. going on, and you have her <coughs> synth score, and like the like watching watching. We'll get more into this with uh, Possession, but like seeing like how gray and like just kind of down. Uh, whatever German town that they're, they're in in possession. What is that? Yeah. Switched on. Yeah. They named their store after Switched on Bach. Wendy Carlos. Yeah. Who named their store after Switched on? Switched on, dude. The store. Oh, it's the, the store? Sense, yeah, the Sense store uh-huh. in, uh, in Austin. Now you just, like, assume I know these things. <laughs> How do you do that? Switched on. Really? Is. Yeah. I never heard of that. <laughs> what? Did you tell me about that? Yeah, several times. That's the only been way I've like heard been there, like, four it. times. You've been there four yeah. times? With me? No. no never with you. Well, then I want I mean, I've told you about it when I come back. I don't remember that. I remember you telling me about the end of, an ear. end of an ear. And then I went there and bought a bunch of Blu-rays because they didn't have any good records. <laughs> really? I bought the sound. Uh, I bought the sound uh, album <laughs> there. And then I, I think I was about to buy a Terry Riley record, but it was too expensive. Uh, All righty. But yeah, so Synth Britannia is good. It's pretty, it's really interesting. The, uh, you know, between Clockwork Orange, Wendy Carlos, and J.G. Ballard's uh, novel Crash was apparently a big inspiration for a lot of these guys. And, like, to see how, like, all, like, to see culture come to one point and really inspire all these guys. And then you have the punk rock movement in England. So now, like, you know, all all of these musicians are saying, well, like, shit, if they can do it, why can't I? Because, you know, before before then, it was the era of progressive rock where, you know, people were just shredding your face off on whatever instrument they played. And also the fact that, like, the... So all of this happens around the same time that modular synthesizers and polyphonic synths are becoming legitimately affordable. So, like, the fact that all of this kind of happened at one time and then you have this pretty interesting musical movement I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Cool. Sounds really cool. Yeah. Where do you see this? YouTube. Oh, cool. Yep. Well, I... Uh, oh, you have another one? Uh... So you have four. You want to just burn through one more? Yeah, I, I can... Uh, I'm probably going to alienate myself from... I don't, maybe you guys, but I mean, that's nothing new. Uh, but I'm sure, like, it's just... Like, probably a lot of the cinephile community is probably going to be like, oh, this Kevin guy Ugh, is such an asshole. What a piece of shit. For, for real. Uh, I, so I, fi- I finally finished watching El Topo, and I watched The Holy Mountain. Oh, yeah. And like, Wait, you watched, you, when, did you, when did you finish watching <laughs> El Topo? Uh, Wait, this that? is for this episode? Uh, Tuesday. Oh, okay. Like, I had started it, and, like, I got to, I got to the point where, uh, like, the women abandon him to, uh, to the, the people in the cave. Yeah. And I was like, uh, whatever, I'm 
not interested. <laughs> so then, so then I, so then I finally finished watching it on Tuesday. Good and for you. Way then, to finish. Yeah, I respect and, that. Yeah, and then I watched uh, the Holy Mountain, and I'm like, oh my god! I respect you is... going into another one, even though you hated the first one. I respect that too. Well, I mean, like I figured, like like if for anything, like even if I don't like it, like you know. Like I've said before, I'm not a huge fan of Herzog, but I like enough of what he does to want to keep going and, like, you know, see what the big deal is. Yodorovsky, I just do not fucking understand. It's so fucking pretentious with his, you know, spiritual bullshit and, like, and, like, the fact that he actually raped a woman in El Topo. Like, he said, like, you know, he says, like, you know, I told her what I I told her I was going to rape her. And then I raped her. And then, Jeez. yeah, uh, that was that. that was in <laughs> yeah that was in El Topo. And then like uh, the you know Holy Mountain you know, and it was and like I started reading his comic that he did with Mobius the Incal, and again it's the same. Care- no, 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 careful, careful, motherfucker. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the Incal. You really you don't like it at all. It was okay. It was okay, but I've seen better Mobius drawings, and like this, the the Incal the, is like one of the biggest ones, though. That's like one of his. I don't know. I'm shrugging for the audience members. I, I, I uh, well, it's, it's okay. Like, I, it's okay if you don't like it. I'm just, I, I just the art is fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> Mobius is, is God. <laughs> Sorry, like he doesn't draw. Mobius that does amazing stuff, but I didn't really see that in the Incal. Oh, hmm. yeah. what's better? Hmm? What's better? Yeah, what's uh, better, Dave Kevin? Gibbons in The Watchmen. Oh fuck you! <laughs> Sorry, no, Dave Gibbons. Nothing. Dave. Kevin Gibbons. O'Neill. Nothing. No, no, he's no, no. ever oh, drawn. I, I thought you meant. Meech's I thought you Mobius. S- meant you've seen better Mobius. You've seen better Mobius. I, not better than Mobius. Yeah, I've seen better Mobius. Okay, so what's better? Okay, like 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 parable. Like, like his uh, his conceptual drawings. Oh, okay, okay. Like even the, even the stuff he did for Yodorovsky's Dune was fucking amazing compared mm-hmm. to this. And, uh, like, all the stuff that he did for Alien and, you know, a lot of the stuff that was in heavy metal around the time and some of the stuff from uh, – that, like, inspired uh, Blade Runner and Alien. It's like it's – like, yeah, like – I don't know if those are really – I don't know if those are really comparable, though. Like, conceptual drawings are well, not – Well, no. I mean, I mean it's like, different he's, because he's, it's a comic. He's so working he to, quickly on a comic book. Yeah, he's, yeah. you know, spending months possibly on yeah. the conceptual drawing. Yeah, but I mean – but I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just I, – I find everything that he's – I think there's like one drawing I saw by him once. Uh, and it's actually from the Encal. It, it's uh, it's the uh, the Meta meta Baron. It's the Meta Baron. Like the first yeah. time you see him and he's got his gun pointed at the at the panel. And um, I remember thinking like that didn't look great, that great. But, uh, you know, it's just like whatever. It's, it's like, like a it's one panel in like a 300 too. page. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but also – but, you know. Yeah, like, the Meta Barons is. But he didn't yeah. draw it though. Okay, yeah. I, I read one of those at Barnes and Noble. It was really yeah. terrible. Jodorowsky writes them, and then they it's have like other artists bad. who draw them. Some of the art whack. in those, <laughs> some of the art in some of those yeah. is brutal too. Yeah. Like they do like these weird like watercolor yeah. like oil paints and stuff. It's disgusting looking. I really like I, I really love Mobius though. I like Jodorowsky's uh, comics. All I mean, I, I've been reading um, the White Llama, which he he wrote and was it's drawn by some other French artist, and uh, it's. It's great. <laughs> I dig the spiritualism, though. Like, I like all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't agree. You know, I'm not a spiritual person, but I, I like in the Holy Mountain. But even beyond that, I mean, like, just the imagery that he yeah. 
creates. Like the, yeah. the when the people get executed and the birds fly out of the wound. Like how good the is Holy that? Mountain, Come uh, on, Holy Mountain is more of like a spectacle. But like El Tobo, I can see somebody not liking that. But yeah, like Holy I mean, Mountains, I, I don't know. It's such a fucking oddity and. Yeah, and like, and like, I don't know. It's to me, so, to me, it just beats you over the head with like, you know, you have to get away from society and ex- society's expectations and their, you know, their their views on things, and you know, you have to like, you are excrement, but you can become gold. That's a beautiful scene where they jerk him off. <laughs> you don't remember that. I don't remember them jerking him oh, off. Oh, they jerk him off. They make him shit, and then they wash his asshole, yeah. and then they jerk him off into the thing. And all that stuff becomes gold. Yeah, I know they boil, they boil his shit, yeah. and then it, becomes, <laughs> then it becomes gold. Classic. That was also, like, really cringeworthy, because, like, okay, they're washing his asshole. That's one thing. That but, like, amazing. old girl's got, like, the, like... Long ass knives on the yeah. on the end. Ooh, she was oh. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 really no. rubbing that. that no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like I'd rather watch Solo again. At least, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, uh, sorry you didn't enjoy uh, Jodorowsky's two masterpieces. <laughs> Said the guy who hasn't even rated them on Letterbox. Well, I, I wasn't on Letterbox when I watched yeah, them. All right, but I have so seen like them ten years okay. ago or something. I watched El Topo relatively recently in you? the last three or four years. But um, well, uh, and I've seen Holy Mountain twice, but I don't, I still don't remember much about like the third act of it. I remember how it ends, but I don't remember a lot that goes on outside. Anyways, yeah. I watched The Post, uh, Steven Spielberg's latest movie starring Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep and uh, lots of other people. And uh, it's, you know, you watch the trailer, you've seen the movie. It's exactly what it is. It's um, very just generic Hollywood oscar trash. Uh, <laughs> so, I you know, you don't need to see this movie. It's not horrible or anything. It's not like it's a what piece it of about? shit. It's about uh, the Pentagon just Papers. Just quick, quickly. Okay, okay. Mm. The Pentagon Papers are leaked, and the New York Times publishes one of the a story about them and then they get an injunction from the justice department and then the washington post the post uh gets the rest of the papers and they're deciding whether or not they want to publish because they might get in trouble and go to jail and uh there's a lot of like faux feminist bullshit in this movie that i was wondering about that true at all uh it's just like it just feels very disingenuous like the meryl streep's character is this kind of like uh she owns the paper but only because her husband died and left it to her and it was her father's paper but her father left it to her husband which is like so it's like you know the first Hmm. step in her being like put upon i guess and she's very timid, and no, everybody talks over her. All the men in the room won't listen to her. And, uh, of course, leads to this moment where she finally asserts herself and uh, doesn't yell at anybody, but she kind of tells this one guy how it is. Like, I own the paper. I'm going to do what I want, and you're going to listen to me or you're going to leave. And um, all that stuff is just, like, so telegraphed and lame. And 
I mean, I, I I don't I don't mind there being a character who who is you know timid and becomes a strong female character. That that would be great. But there's absolutely no justification for her to become strong. Like there, you don't see anywhere in the movie where like there's a switch and she's like, wow, I don't have to be timid anymore. Like she's just all of a sudden in one scene just decides to start you know dressing down this guy about Whoa. it. Mm. And uh, there's these terrible scenes <laughs> where she's walking out of the courtroom after they've won and. There's like, for some reason, there's like three dozen women standing outside and they're all looking at her with their mouths open and they're in awe of her. What a powerful woman this is. Oh, my God. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just so heavy handed and lame. You know, it's like we, we get it. Like she's some kind of, you know, role model for women. But it's just like, try again, Stevie. It's brutal. Mm. Um, there are some good scenes, though. I mean, the scenes in... uh where they're trying to they get the papers and uh, there's like 4,000 pages and they had to cut the page numbers off of them when they were making copies because they it's the part that says top secret. So all the papers are out of order. So they're trying to like put them in order and uh, they have like eight hours to do it. And it's wow. pretty that's a pretty good scene because they're like go jumping through everybody and they're like, oh, I, got, I got the last page of this one and it says this and it's about, you know, the Hanoi bombing and all this kind of. And so it's all about Vietnam, the papers. And um, yeah. You know, so that that scene was kind of fun, and uh, there's some other you know intriguing stuff, I guess. But for the most part, it's just a slog, and it's really long. And um, you know, I just it's, you know, it's like it's it reminds me a lot of like Bridge of Spies. It's like that level, which I know that I think you said, didn't you like that? No, no I, was I haven't seen it. Never mind. I was talking to my friend Logan; he liked it. Oh. But I was like, I just remember like the, that movie's just so boring. It's just like nothing but just like <laughs> Tom Hanks talking law to people, and it's just like it's this is a little bit more entertaining than that. But so basically, we should just watch all the President's Men instead. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the movie that this is getting talked about with the most, and I've right. never seen that movie, but okay, I feel like that's probably way better than this, um, and just some really bad uh, like everybody's just there's so many actors in this movie and they do nothing like <laughs> Sarah Paulson plays uh Tom Hanks's wife she literally has like one scene of dialogue where she talks about how great and brave uh Meryl Streep is of course you know and then uh David Cross and Bob Odenkirk are in this movie <laughs> For what? some reason, playing uh, reporters at the Post. And Bob Odenkirk has quite a bit to do. Obviously, he's the bigger star at this point. But David Cross is just distracting. Like He's just standing in the background. <laughs> he's got a wig on. He just looks goofy. Oh, I'm just like, what are they doing? What is this guy doing there? And then uh, the guy, the, the skinny weirdo guy from Silicon Valley in the office. Yeah. He's there. He just shows up out of nowhere. He's a lawyer. And it's just like, and he's being serious. And it's like, I don't can't take this guy seriously. Yeah, he's, you really can't. He's, a, he's, it, he's done. He's so comedic. Like, but, he's just comedic looking. <laughs> was that BJ Novak? No, no, no. The the tall, tall, skinny the guy. Tall, he came, like, he came in late. Frankenstein uh, looking guy. Yeah, yeah. He came in real late on The Office, like eighth season. Okay. I, Have you seen Silicon Valley? No. Okay. Oh, well. He's a, it doesn't matter. He he's, plays the uh, same character in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, literally. Wow. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So he's just really weird to see him. And then Jesse Plemons shows up as another lawyer, and he's really fat now, which is weird. <laughs> and it's just uh, kind of a distracting, brutal mess. Tracy Letts is in it. He's good, as always. Uh, Tom Hanks is fine. I mean, Meryl Streep is fine. She's not bad or anything. Just none of it's, like, you know, amazing. So I'll wait to talk about my last one until you're near your last two. 
Well, at this point, I got to ask. Oh, so, like, do. what? What's so? Why? Why are you so up in arms about three quarters of a star? About what? About what Fury. Because I gave it three point two five, and you were like, "Oh, yeah. this is going to be a big argument today, man." <laughs> well, it's just three point two five to me is less than what you probably think it is. Like you, you probably think like it's pretty good, three point two five. But like to me, three point two five would be like, I mean, it's okay, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, we've discussed we have very different yeah, rating yeah. systems. So, that was probably just my gut reaction, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought like, I like Fury a lot, and I mean, four is like it literally gets a four because of like certain aspects that are just real, like they're nitpicks that I have with it that just stop it from being anything more than a four. And I mean, just certain elements of it, like um, the kid, his, his acting, his entire performance and the lines that he has are terrible. Yeah. And, but I, I honestly like that guy in other things that I've seen him in, but he's not good in fury. And uh, Logan Lerman is. His yeah, name. yeah. Yeah. And uh, like I saw a movie called Indignation that he did it was based on the Philip Roth novel. And he's fantastic in that. He's really good. He has this amazing uh, kind of dialogue battle with Tracy Letts. Huh? And it's just great to watch. But yeah, he's terrible. And, and then this is other like Michael Pena. I'm not a big Michael Pena fan. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, you know, the, so just maybe, you know, just little just little things like that that stop it from being like a masterpiece level kind of film for me. Yeah. I mean. Like, personally, I thought, like, would you say those were tracer bullets? Yeah. Was that? Tracers, yeah. I thought that was really distracting. Hmm. Because, um, like, you know, I just thought, like, okay, like, it's it's definitely it's trying to establish itself as, like, a, like, kind of a, you know, harder-edged World War II movie. But then it looks like they're shooting lasers at each other. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, cans. and that whole... Like that scene where the rest of the guys come in and um, uh, Lerman and Brad Pitt are entertaining the German girls, mm-hmm. and then like the scene of the movie, yeah, and it just felt like so unnecessarily, like, like they don't give any like legitimate reason for them to be the level of dick that they that they are in that scene. And that's what I found through, like, most of the movie. Like, gosh, like, these guys are just dicks. Wouldn't it? I mean, doesn't it justify itself in that Brad Pitt is, like, clearly showing, like, favoritism towards the new guy, bringing him up there, making them eggs together, getting him laid? And then here, here comes the rest of the platoon. Why is this kid getting preferential treatment? Well, like, we, we would, were there with you killing the horses. We've been well, like, sitting in a tank for two weeks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, wouldn't we wouldn't, stink? <laughs> well, like, obviously, this kid's not going to get himself laid. Like the rest of them, the rest of them probably are. Right. And like, no, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm saying that, that, that like, might not I, be how they feel about. Right. It, right. Right. Though, you know. But like, but like, in like when like. Um, Shia LaBeouf's like staring daggers into Brad Pitt, and he's crying like. Shia LaBeouf rules. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf is pretty uh, fucking awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking pull the tooth for this bitch. Yeah, he pulled his he pulled his tooth out, and he cut himself. He scarred himself for life for this movie. Did he? Yeah, yeah. the cheek scar that uh-huh. he has. He did that for this movie, and it's still there now, like in performances that he does now. Okay, he's fucked. okay. <laughs> he also apparently didn't shower for the entire length of production because he was like, you wouldn't be able to shower in the tank. 
So everybody's yeah. getting mad at him because he stunk so bad. <laughs> you just see John Bernthal like, the fuck you doing, yeah. man? How about the action in the movie? Did you like the action? Yeah, the action sequences were great. Like, I mean, aside from, aside from you know, the lasers, um, yeah, the action, <laughs> the action sequences were really great. I guess it's, I mean, I guess it is, uh, know, it like, is accurate, though, right? I mean, it's historically accurate. They use tracer fire a lot. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, they tank so know. you can see where you're firing. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert on you're a his- German history tanks. history major. Yeah, but like you have to go real in depth for that kind of we stuff. We should have we should have had Rustin on the podcast. Our friend Rustin is obsessed oh, yeah. with World War II and he loves Fury so much. Fury and, uh, is apparently yeah, historically I, accurate. Yeah, he would tell you. He'll be like, "No, that's so totally exactly how they would take down a tiger tank. They don't do that." Like, he'll tell you. You gotta flank it. You gotta flank it. Like I have the feeling that he would like really dress me down. Like three point two five. The fuck, man! Yeah, yeah, he loves it. He loves it. <laughs> I gave well, it a like, three he, and a half was, when I first saw did it. Did you? Yeah, I gave it three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think a, I've been a four since day one, but uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm not saying like you know, fuck you for. I just not. I don't care that much about this movie. Yeah, I, just, I, I like outside it, of the action scenes for me, I, I didn't really care for much of it. But like the action scenes were the shit, though. For me, yeah, the action scenes were great. Yeah. But it's like when they when they're really trying to like come down to like the humanity of the characters. I thought like I don't know maybe. Maybe a different screenwriter or like a different, yeah, different kind of story would have done remember, better. I don't know. I remember not caring as much either. Yeah. It's definitely David Ayer's best film, though. What, I mean, what else like is far he and away. Sabotage, Suicide Squad, oh, End of wow. Watch, Oof. Uh, Harsh Times. <laughs> oh, that's right. Like, this is Where far Christian enough. Bale's like literally chugging vinegar. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. This is way, way better than anything he's ever even like put his name on. Right. So. Um, yeah. But that's cool. Okay. You know, I, uh, well, I, I, last night, uh, did a double header yesterday and went and saw the post and then, uh, at one and then at four thirty went and saw call me by your name, which is the new film from Luca Guadagnina or whatever, however you say his name is Italian director who did, um, I am love and, uh, a movie after that, which starts with a B, which I can't remember the name of, but it doesn't matter. This is the first one I've seen by him, and it's about uh, Army Hammer. Army Army Hammer. Army Hammer mm-hmm. is in it. Army Hammer with uh, Timothy Chalamet, who, if you well, I guess you guys didn't see Lady Bird. He was in Lady Bird, uh, and and uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, and Michael Stuhlbarg is Timothy Chalamet's father, and they live in Italy, in northern Italy, because his father is like an antiquities professor. And so, uh, you know, obviously, like, finding, you know, statues and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he has a postgraduate student come and stay with him each summer to help him with his studies. And uh, this summer, it happens, in the summer of 83, it happens to be Army Hammer's character, Oliver. And uh, he shows up, and he kind of, uh, he's an American, you know, and he's, not that they're not, they are Americans too, but, uh, you know, he lives in America. And, uh... He's there's questions as to if he's being arrogant or if he's just an American and that's how they are. And he's very like uh, on all the time. And he's just a very interesting character. And throughout the film, Timothy Chalamet and he fall in love with each other and they carry on an affair. And then he has to leave at the end of the summer and it's kind of a sad situation. And uh, I think let me think about this before I say it. I don't want to be hyperbolic. Um, this would probably be my number two film of last year had I made it had I had I seen it before the list came on because it's 
Jeez. Absolutely phenomenal. And I, I, uh, it's like, it was very close to six out of five territory for me. Um, it's all, everything about it is great, but the, the main things I guess are just the kind of languid nature of it. Like the pacing of it is very like chilled out and relaxed and you're not, there's no, there's not like a plot really, you know, it's just like (laughs) you're seeing these scenes of these two people fall in love with each other and they're, you know, uh, especially Timothy Chalamet struggling with his sexuality and, you know, he's got girls who like him and he likes the girls too. And there's like, uh, a lot of issues with that. And he's also jealous of, uh, of army hammer's character and his father, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're afraid of what their parents will think and things like that. And there, his Michael Stuhlbarg who plays his father has this speech in the last, it's like the penultimate scene of the film. And it's just like, it's devastating how good this speech is. Like I almost cried. I came very close <laughs> to crying during the speech and it's just amazing. And, uh, the soundtrack really rules. It's a lot of, a lot of eighties like pop stuff, but it's also, uh, Sufjan wrote two songs for it. Um, and then he also rearranged a song from age of odds for piano for it. And they're just beautiful, uh, tracks that they play in the background of some scenes. And uh, it's just a beautiful-looking film. It looks really, really good. Um, the acting is all incredible. I, I don't, you know, I mean, it's hard to. I'm just gushing at this point. It's just a great film. I don't know. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's good. It's really, really good. Cool. So, uh, yeah, if you have the means, check it out. Uh, so, I guess we'll move on to our deep dives now. Yeah. Uh, Unless you have something else. You have something else? Well, Good Time. Oh, yeah. You watched Good Time. Yeah, Good Time fucking ruled. Absolutely. Like, holy shit, Benny Safdie. Oh, yeah. That first scene with him. Oh, yeah. The tears? Yeah. Well, like, I had seen, I'd seen, like, an interview with him, and, like, to see him go from, like, that to what he, to what he is when he's playing, playing Nikki, like, oh, my God. And, yeah, that movie fucking rules. It's great. Greatest soundtrack I've heard in a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the best scores in the recent years. For sure. And uh, also watched uh, The Mosquito Coast with um, Harrison Ford, Helen Mirren, River Phoenix, Andre Gregory, screenplay by, uh, screenplay by Paul Schrader, directed by Peter Weir. It's okay. I've forgotten that Schrader wrote this. Yeah. It was interesting to see Harrison Ford not be Harrison Ford. But just be like a total bit of a dick. bit of a villain in this one, no? Yeah, yeah, like just yeah. But uh, but yeah, the movie itself is like, yeah, it's okay. Oh well, it's... but yeah, okay. So that no, well, that's fine. Uh, oh, I, well, I guess I'll just mention briefly since we were talking about Fury. Uh, I started watching um, Band of Brothers for the first time. Well, I, I guess I had watched the first two episodes whenever it was first available on hmm. you know VHS. Uh, yeah, 15 wow. years ago or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> I didn't I realize s- it was that old. It's from 2001. Mm, yeah. I, uh, I started watching it. I got three episodes into it. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's good. It's like saving private Ryan light, you know, yeah, like it's yeah. de- definitely not nearly as graphically violent as saving private Ryan, or at least not yet. Um, but there is a lot of action. Uh, like the second and third episodes are like nothing but battle sequences. And, uh, that's you know that's fun to watch. I remember liking it quite a bit, mm, quite a bit. Yeah, it's you know it's all right. Yeah. I uh, I like the I actually kind of like the first episode more than 
the next two just because uh, it's about their basic training. And uh, Dave, David Schwimmer plays yeah. their drill sergeant. Oh, wow. So, yeah. He's actually really good, though. Uh, huh? He plays this real prick, but he's also, like, completely inept on the battlefield. Yeah. Mm. So it leads to a, a bit of a mutiny among the troops. And uh, it's it's pretty good, pretty good stuff. So. Cool. To continue that. Well, let's move on to our deep dives. Deep dive number one, I guess we should start with Possession. Possession. Since, uh, this was Jonathan's week, officially. So, yep. Possessions from 1981, directed by Andre Zulowski and starring Isabel Ajani and Sam Neill. Jonathan, you want to lay it out, what this movie is about? It's about a, a little bit. Yeah. Well, shortly, I mean, I guess. I, I don't really know what the fuck's happening. Summarize a little <laughs> bit. Just Yeah. It's about a couple who is falling apart, and everyone around them gets fucking killed in the process. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like good. a mob movie. That's pretty good. And there's a lot of religious, like, weird, like, strange things happening. A lot of process. screaming. Yeah. A lot of screaming. A there is quite a bit is, of uh, a beast. She is insanely good in this. Um, and you were right. Extremely attractive. Yeah, she is absolutely gorgeous. She's even more gorgeous in Nosferatu. It's insane. I'll have to rewatch because uh, <laughs> um, she got me on this one. Yeah. Especially when she plays the school teacher with the ponytail. <laughs> very with, And with the eyes. Yeah, yeah just very appealing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right. This is the first time I've ever seen real tentacle rape, though. <laughs> well, uh, outside hang of on. anime, hang on, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> I think it's consensual. Okay, that's uh, true. Tentacle sex. Okay. There go. <laughs> Would you not count uh, Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, where the well, that's a tree, where so. the tree. Well, it's like kind of like tentacles. Now though. this is They're straight up. This is stuff. straight up tentacles. This <laughs> is. <laughs> 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 Uh, well, what did we let's 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 before we jump into the tentacle rape <laughs> portion of the discussion? Uh, That's all I've been thinking about this whole you, time. I'm just like, <laughs> can't wait to say tentacle rape. <laughs> what did you guys think of possession? Just in a general um, way, maybe. It. it I, uh, <laughs> what do you think? I liked it. You did? Yeah, quite a bit. What, what, do, what do you like about it? <laughs> I liked the I well obviously the performances are great. I thought I was a little on the fence about Sam Neill for the first maybe half hour, but I really got on board with him. I thought he was great. Him at the, the clone at the end? Yeah. Mm. That was the shit. It is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just the whole and the the idea of uh the idea of it, I guess. And it's interesting that, that I don't know I'm I don't know how much thought you put into that Kevin but the fact that your pick is the double and it's they're both films with yeah. doppelgangers yeah, and, yeah. So, <laughs> and uh and I didn't even realize that until like halfway through the double I was like oh yeah both those movies are about the, like, yeah. <laughs> both these movies have doubles in them you know yeah. but um yeah just the the kind of uh surrealist aspects of it like like you know the the idea of of the school teacher who is a clone of of her and I love Samuel's reaction when he this is some kind of fucking joke. <laughs> like, it's, it's so Have you uh, seen my wife? Yeah, it's so good. And I, uh, I love the camera work in it. Like the mm. just like weird when it's pivoting like, around when it's rocking and, back and yeah. forth with him. Yeah. And like and Samuel's performance is really bizarre. Like some of the choices that he makes, like the rocking in the chair where it's like his head's all the way back, you yeah. know. And 
Uh, there's another one where he's on the phone and he's doing something weird with his hand. I don't remember. It's like again, it's been like a week and a half since I've seen this. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, just great. And the flashes of violence are the piece de resistance. I mean, they're delicious. <laughs> I love it, them. It's almost like it's a dream or something because like at the mm. beginning of the movie, you're it's it it's almost hammy acting. Like it's like yeah. really like, Oh, like it's like yeah, really yeah. weird. He is, and, he, and he's like a yeah. CIA agent or something like that <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? And then it just goes, it literally nosedives. Like yeah. it's like, mm. he, he wakes up like, th- like three weeks later in a hotel room. Right. He's like, How long have I been here? And he's like, <laughs> he looks like he's a vampire. It's yeah. sort of like the, it reminds me a little bit like that, that change when he wakes up in that hotel room and he's like unshaven and he doesn't remember anything. It reminds me of uh, like the switch in Mulholland drive where it's, yeah. From yeah, he watched first, and then when she becomes Very a drug addict, like Very where, where her acting becomes really amazing <laughs> yeah. suddenly, like wow, she could really fucking act. Uh, yeah, and then it, then at the end it switches back almost, but right. then it it becomes like terrible, like everybody dies. But yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you think it's gonna like go back? Oh, okay, you know. But no, it doesn't. Kevin, what do you think about it? I thought it, like I, I thought it looked really interesting. Like the the only thing that like really held it back for me was like how over the top some of it went. Like with the with the yelling when they're when especially when they're fighting, and then that scene where she has like the uh, seizure slash slash miscarriage. That was the shit. Amazing. Yeah. Just I, I don't. You didn't know. like that. With the milk like going well, everywhere. What, 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 you, you didn't like believe her like. You want, I, th- like, I thought it was too much. You thought it was too much. Okay. Yeah, because like just five solid minutes of. See, see, I. It's like if you were really. It's like watching a like an interpretive dance or something. Though. Yeah, so that's good. exactly I, I, I what can, I was fucking thinking. I can I can agree with that. Um, it reminded me of you know what it reminded me of a lot actually was the uh, the ending of I mean among other things I didn't actually even write this down I just thought about it but it literally reminds me of the end of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre where. Have you guys seen this? Yes. Okay, where uh, Leatherface is dancing with the chainsaw at the end. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, why is he dancing? But it's just like, it's beautiful. It's like this beautiful ballet. And like hers is a lot more chaotic and a lot longer, I'll agree. Yeah, yeah. But I like that. I don't know. I, saw, I found it very visceral and like very exciting to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm sniffing a five out of five here. <laughs> <laughs> I knew of the scene of, of her freak right, out. Right. The, but I didn't know it was that hardcore. I, I, I didn't know this movie was going to be... It went over. It went over what I thought it was going to be, which I like. Yeah, and like a, a friend of mine had sent me the trailer like years ago, and like the thing that st- the thing that stuck out in my mind most was her going almost, almost, and it's like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> yeah, because like I mean, in the trailer you don't actually see anything. You don't have you don't have any context whatsoever. Um, but yeah, like then when you know, like when you see the movie and you know what it's about and you know what's going on, it's like, whoa, hang on. It's, um, it's mental. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And when it shows the, the creature's face. Yeah. You know that? It has like two little, in the corner. Yeah. 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 Disturbing. Yeah. So, and like the mouth like kind of opens. Oh God, it was so <laughs> fucked up. That's, that actually creeped me out more than anything. Right. Right. Like that was the creepiest part to me. Yeah, um, I don't know why. Yeah, really good, really good effects on the creature there. <laughs> oh yeah, um, great. Other other movies that I was reminded of. I'm sorry, I just some movies that I watch. I'll just be like, this is like this movie and this movie and this just like yeah, certain yeah. scenes. You know, like obviously. Um, did you watch Neon Demon? I haven't seen it. Yet, okay, no. well, not to spoil anything, but there's a scene in this that's very like something that happens in Neon yeah, Demon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, 
Rosemary's Baby, obviously. I mean, yeah, especially yeah. the devil in Rosemary's Baby looks, I found it very similar, just the eyes, especially, and mm. things like that, mm. uh, I can to see the that. creature in this, in this. So just like, just little things like that. And then, um, just talking about the score also, the score to this film is really good. And, uh, he, the guy who did it did the scores for those other films that I talked about cool. by Zulowski. And, oh. uh, it's interesting because in those films, obviously they're period pieces, but they still have like electronic music yeah. in them, which is yeah. really cool and very early for that sort of thing, I think. But, mm-hmm. uh, I really dug the score in this. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. Like I can see like, um, uh, and <coughs> like, I definitely see like this movie, I'm sure influenced Clive Barker a lot. Cause like, <coughs> watching Hellraiser, like, especially with, like, the practical effects and, like, the just kind of, like, gray dimness that's kind of cast over the entire movie. Um, I yeah. love that it's set in Berlin, too. Like, Is it the, Berlin? The, the wall yeah, Berlin, and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's great. And uh, it feels like when he looks at the soldiers on the wall, like, they're it's literally just literal soldiers. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, and you're seeing part of history there, which is interesting to me always. Yeah, yeah. So and this again, the violence like, yeah, is amazing. I was yeah, going to yeah. get to that. The, the violence whenever he kills uh, Heinrich. Was it Heinrich? Yeah, Heinrich. yeah Heinrich. in the toilet. In the toilet, yeah, yeah. It was the shit. He like makes himself gag. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, <laughs> it was insane. Yeah, and then he like brains him <laughs> with the uh, with the toilet cover, and then drowns his ass. And yeah, <laughs> fucking insane. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the uh, wine bottle in the neck. Where there's just blood just she stabs him once and he's like shocked and then she just goes for it again it's that's just (laughs) crams it i was like it was way more violent than i thought me too me too i was shocked that and especially like i was saying earlier the squib work just like some of the gun especially at the end when they when they both spoiler they both get shot with the machine gun fire and the walls exploding behind them and (laughs) oh my god that looks so good and uh, there's also a scene where she uh, and she and she shoots. I'm sorry, someone like I can't remember who it was, but she shoots uh, one of the one I, of the victims, I guess, close up. I think it was the first. It was no, it was the second. It was, it was the, the second, second detective or the second. Uh, uh, or was it the first one? I don't remember. It was either the first yeah, or, the, yeah, yeah. or the second. Uh, oh wait, doesn't private investigator? What did she do to Heinrich when he shows up? Did she shoot him or did she just cut she him? stabbed him? Stabbed him. Okay, in the, okay. In the arm. Right, or the right. shoulder. That's right. Yeah. Right, right. So then he it was either the, the first or the second uh, private investigator that yeah, she just yeah. like fucking unloads on him like point yeah. blank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it looked really good. It's yeah. All the all the blood effects are amazing. All the effects are amazing. Period. So really great. And I, I like the Heinrich character. I thought he mm. was insane. Like he was really like uh, whenever he goes and oh when he visits Sam Neill yeah. in the hall and he's like, and he's like, he's like yeah like, oh my he's like manic it's yeah. bizarre <laughs> yeah it's amazing he realizes that like Sam Neill's not afraid of any of yeah. him anymore he becomes like very feminine almost it's yeah. very strange it was funny too because like when Sam he, Neill is supposed to be like some like secret agent right but then Hiram just hands him his ass that was like the, and that's like the first bit of violence is when he he hits him in the face and there's like there's so much blood on there's his face there's a lot of blood like, this is yeah great like I was like this is crazy how yeah. graphic and, and this is also Sam Neill beats what's her uh, yeah he slaps Johnny over, yeah, yeah he slaps her a couple of times and she's just like just pouring out yeah, of her yeah. mouth yeah insane this guy's got a real hard on for blood yeah, really. <laughs> And then the stairwell, like they had the scene, the the shot of the stairwell going down, and you could just see the blood all the yeah. way up the stairwell, <laughs> dude. Gallons, yeah. But uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot too. It's, uh, solid. I gave it a. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Me too. Liked it quite a bit. 
I'd have to say three and a half. Like, Ouch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's a total piece of shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not Valerian. Oh. Wow. <laughs> it's only two stars better than Valerian. Yeah, I mean, like like I, like I was saying, like the, the over-the-top stuff was like, okay, like, I'm really finding this hard to take seriously now. Because, like, it's got, like, a really interesting concept and, like, yeah, the effects are really great and, like, you know, the suspense is pretty interesting, too. But, like, then it just goes way the fuck over the top. And it's like, like dude, like, Kramer versus Kramer was out by now. Like, you could have watched that movie <laughs> and, ma- and made this a better, you know, a better... That's like, not <laughs> fair, Kevin. <laughs> I'm joking, Okay, John. I know, but, like... <laughs> Obviously, this obviously, I don't expect Andre Zalovsky to go like, "Wow, man, Kramer versus Kramer, that's my jam." No, but I'm just saying, like, uh, <laughs> obviously, not to compare those two films. But I'm saying, yeah, like, yeah. but I'm saying, like, obviously, this movie's not not it's not taking place in any kind of normal reality. No, but I think, like, see, that's the thing. Like, I think you have to have some level of norm normalcy for the weird stuff to really be weird. You know what I mean? I like know what you just, mean, but then like, it's like, but then it's like, I mean, think about like surreal pictures, like anything Lynch's, like Eraserhead is not, there's nothing real about that movie. Like it's totally bizarre yeah. and it's allegorical. And I think this movie probably is too. I'm not sure a hundred percent what the allegory is here or the metaphor, but like, you know, it's obviously a lot, a lot plainer in something like Eraserhead, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know about that. It's, it's one of the many allegories is plainer in that film, but you know, this is just like it feels like it's dealing in metaphor. I don't like. I don't for a second think that like, oh, this movie's about a guy who uh, gets cloned by his wife. <laughs> she she fucks a demon and clones him, and then uh, and then she, and, yeah, and then where they, did her clone come from? Right. It's like, or no, she miscarries her faith and then she fucks her faith and then it becomes her faith. That's what she says. That's what literally she says. Oh, she says I miscarried my faith. Yeah. I, I yeah. Know. Oh yeah. She, I, I miscarried my like. <laughs> What? Or was it chance? Faith, chance or faith? faith died, but chance survived, something or something like, like oh, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Pretty. Well, there you go. Insane. Well, yeah. I mean, that's pretty obvious. And I mean, yeah. So I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying it's not <laughs> happening. Like, I don't mind like things like Heinrich's behavior or Sam Neill's bizarre performance or her freaking out on the subway because it's like this isn't real. This isn't well, taking for, place for in me, reality. It's so unhinged. The movie is so unhinged that it's like I feel like, yeah, sure, I did laugh a few times right. because it was so over the top. But I'm like, I usually laugh at shit that's insane anyway. Yeah. Like, like, right, yeah. right. But you laugh like, at the end of Heart of Dark. I mean, not Heart of Dark. Heart of Glass. Whenever yeah. you're on the boat, because yeah. the shot is so good, you have to laugh. <laughs> but no, but this movie is so unhinged. I feel like I'm. It, it's so I'm so on edge that I feel like like they're gonna like explode or something. I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even. Know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She's so it wouldn't, manic. It wouldn't be out of place it wouldn't, for them. Like to her explode. head's just gonna fucking yeah. explode. Well, like, like, I, like, like, I think it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about Phantom Thread. Like, the, the fact that, like, there, you know, there's, you know, it's like two hours and ten minutes of tension. Yeah. And you're always kind of waiting for the penny to drop, and it never quite does. But, like, in this one, it's just, like... The penny drops every five minutes. Yeah. And so it's, like, by the time, but like, by the time you get to, like, Heinrich going into the apartment, it's, like... <sighs> Oh, I'm with you, dude. I paused it like three times. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, like, I went, it's, like it's, pussies. <laughs> no, after she, I legit thought you were going to give this five. Like, nah, what, 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 what held you back? Uh, 
That's a great question. Because, um, I mean, thinking about it now, I, I can't think of anything that I really disliked about it or anything or, like, real problems that I had with it. Mm. I, it you know, it's it's one of those films where it's like it probably will be a five when I watch it again. Okay. But it just maybe just didn't uh, resonate as much as it needed to immediately following the I watch think it's a rewatcher. Like, yeah. Right, right. right. Yeah. I'll be buying the Blu-ray. So it's the only Zulowski film that's on Blu-ray, apparently. So. Oh. It's apparently got a really wicked package. Like the, it's like good a, looking, yeah. It's like a collector's edition. It's, I think. Mo- it's made by Mondo, so oh, wow, it's cool. pretty good. Cool, cool. I believe it's a steel book, also. Um, cool. Yeah, it crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> I like it. I like it when you know you hear stuff about movies. You're like, oh, this movie's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's but like, what's your it's definition like, of crazy, man? Then it's Come really, on, it's know. fucking awesome. Super though. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, moving on, our second deep dive of the episode is uh, <laughs> Kevin's pick, The Double, from mm. 2013, directed by Richard Iowadi. Yeah, Iowadi. The there guy from go. IT Crowd. The guy That's from right. IT Crowd. Ma- the the weird looking guy. From the IT Crowd. From, uh, Moss. From The Watch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually. Kevin, you want to uh, synopsize this bad boy? Okay, so Jesse Eisenberg is a very put-upon, meek individual who is pretty much unnoticed in every aspect of his life. Or when he is noticed, he's being just walked all over. And so eventually, a exact duplicate of him shows up. And no one... <laughs> No one either. No one notices that he's an exact duplicate, or when they find out, they're like, "Oh, whatever." And so, hilarity ensues, and he hilarity ensues. I I I love to say hilarity ensues when shit goes batshit. Uh, I lo- I yeah. did laugh a lot, like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so. So then this doppelganger starts taking over his life and, you know, so then he has to come to grips with that. Okay. That sounds uh, good. I, I agree with that synopsis. Indeed. Um, any Brazil vibes from anyone? For you sure. Think? You think? <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, it's very 1984. Like I Brazil. Was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down. Uh, absurd levels of Brazil. I wrote down yeah, yeah. Brazil. Gilliam, Wes Anderson, Michelle Gondry, Brave New World, 1984, generic dystopia. It was very Brazil. <laughs> um, well, like, even some of the sets look like uh, there was the 1984 that John Hurt was in. Yeah, and like yeah, like some of the yeah. some of the office stuff like looked exactly like like that. So yeah. Well, what it's uh, we obviously know Kevin is this is his pick, so he loves this movie. Uh, <laughs> I very much enjoy it. You like it a lot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what did you think of uh, The Double? Um, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I like Jesse Eisenberg. He's he's uh, he's pretty great. Mm-hmm. And I like how <laughs> the two characters, the, him and his clone, are polar opposites. Mm. And it's cool to see him go from, in the same scene, go from, like, meek to just, like, outgoing. And I, I loved it when he ordered the uh, the food yeah. for the first time. Do you have eggs? Like, yeah, he's like, do, do you have a frying pan? <laughs> and make me some fucking scrambled eggs. <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really kind of wish the movie wasn't set in a dystopia, because I agree, it was generic. Um, but then it kind of wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> but then it... I, I don't I, know that it wouldn't make any sense. I mean, I, I my biggest, I guess I'll say uh, I, didn't, I didn't love it. 
I didn't dislike it. I just my biggest problem was the dystopia stuff. Was like the idea, just the style of the film really was. Uh, I don't know. I felt yeah, it maybe detracted a little bit from what should have probably been a more of a just straightforward, like almost like just a comedy. You know, I mean, it's it is trying to be funny a lot, and uh, for me, the comedy didn't work a lot of the time. Uh, I like that scene when he orders the food is uh, like, I don't mind that scene. I didn't find it funny though. I I guess it's supposed to be, I, I just didn't, I don't know. It didn't make me laugh. The only scene that made me laugh was when he was in the subway with him in the subway car. And he said, uh, they were talking about getting girls, and he said something about (laughs) pussy. And I was like, I just cracked up when he said pussy because I thought that was really, it's like, I was like, I'd tear the asshole out yeah, of the elephant right. for a piece of trim I like Yeah, that for much. a piece of trim I like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it was. Yeah, and I just cracked up at that. But yeah. um, as far as the rest of the film, I just shouldn't really – I didn't laugh very much. And um, I don't know. I just found like the whole – like I don't know. I find stuff like that distracting just like the – like the, the they're working at these desks with their – huge computers that are running like ms dos programs and it's just if like that yeah and it's just like <laughs> i don't know I, I didn't understand necessarily what the point of that is like I, I i i'm not sure what the comment of the film is in general like i i, I haven't read the dostoevsky book that it's based on um but i'm not sure like i aside from maybe like just these very kind of like uh Disney kind of, you know, be yourself kind of stuff or something. But I'm not sure I got that from the movie either. I don't know. Maybe you can illuminate what the theme is here. Like, cause it seems like it's just this movie about this guy and this person comes into his life who disrupts things and he kills him and then everything's back to normal. And when everything gets back to normal, it's not like, like I don't see at the end of this film, Oh, now everything will be great for Simon. You know, like he'll, it just feels like now it's just going to be like his life was before where he was like, I think that might be the point. I I felt like it was kind of like, he's so reluctant to change that he just fucking kills this thing that would make him change just so he can stay normal. Cause he's so, well, didn't the thing, I mean, but I I would, I would argue that James made Simon change because I mean, he's certainly yeah. more demonstrative. Yeah, that's, you know, when that's he when he goes true. in and, and he confronts him in front of everybody, and he starts screaming mm. at him and saying "fuck" like eighty million times. Yeah, like he's certainly a changed person at that point. I love the way yeah. he kills him too. Yeah, love that. And uh, cool. like I think, um, like I I tried to read the double, didn't get very far because mm. it's real. Like even like Richard Iowati was like, you know, like we really wanted. He said we really wanted to make a movie, you know, because of this concept. Of the fact that someone was so bland that an exact duplicate could show up and no one would care or no one would notice. <laughs> and but like but like he also talked about like the Jungian idea of like, you know, if you repress something, eventually it will out some way or another. So like I think like that's the for me, like the whole dystopian thing works because it's such an unnecessarily backwards place. And in that context, like anything could happen. And so you're already in this weirdly fantastical world where something like this can happen. And then when it does, you know, yeah, eventually Simon has to, confront that part of himself and like it's like it's kind of like it's kind of like that episode of uh 
the original series of Star Trek where like there's a malfunction with the um uh the transporter and like there's two Kirks. Mm. One one is like, you know, you know, all libido, yeah. you know, gonna kick your ass, et cetera, et cetera, and one's like meek, mild and then, you know, like the the point of the episode is that like he needs like those two halves need to be working in tandem for him to be the captain that he is. So I feel like at the end of it, like because he's killed James that like from now on, Simon will be a different person. Hmm. Interesting. And also, uh, the, the ending, uh, how he kills James. Yeah. Uh, exactly the same as. I have no idea. Fight club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he literally almost kills himself to kill his double, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if Fight Club got that from the novel or not. I wonder if they did. Like, if if, uh, Palahniuk was, like, thinking of Dostoevsky when he... Well, that's the thing. The, the I don't know that the, it's in the it's in the novel. Though. It's it's not. Oh, okay. Well, there uh, you go. Like in the book, uh, he ends uh, the main character, the narrator, ends up in an insane asylum. Mm. So, like Jim Ools, I guess, came up with that, and I don't know if he if he was a Dostoevsky fan, but um, that's not in the the novel of Fight Club. But uh, you mean him killing? The, you mean shooting himself yeah, in yeah. the cheek? Yeah. No, it's not in the novel. Oh, it's not. No. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I've never no. seen. I've never read the novel. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, uh, he just he just ends up in an in an insane. Oh, asylum. he ends up in an insane asylum in the novel Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about in the novel in the Dostoevsky oh. novel. No, I haven't read the. That's the what I'm wondering is how the novel of Dostoevsky ends. Like I if, think he just dies. Oh, okay. And I th- but I think I think like both of them die. Oh, okay. But like that's that's the thing about like Dostoevsky, from what I understand, like it's very no like. Hope. Yeah, very no hope. <laughs> Nihilistic. Like, yeah, very, very much so. Well, uh, yeah, that's just the, the thing I thought about after he he didn't die. Because when he jumped, I was like, oh, he's hitting the thing because that's what the Suicide Squad yeah. told him to do. Yeah. Suicide Squad. And uh, <laughs> well, They were, actually. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know. But I, I don't know. It's just it's another one of these kind of, um, again, just kind of like the, the aesthetic choice of making it this uh it almost and it's also got this kind of like 40s throwback noir feel going for it too like yeah the fact that they go to this diner constantly everything's kind of like brown and black and the detectives are like fast talking guys you know what i mean yeah like, yeah. like they seem like detectives from the 40s or 40s cinema anyway and yeah um, and there, there are like no scenes during where like you actually see daylight that's true, yeah. So, yeah, everything's yeah. nighttime, which is weird. Yeah. Or they're at work where there's no windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, you know, I don't know. Start, start, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't do a whole lot for me. But so there, are some, there are some things. I like. I, I will agree 100%. Jesse Eisenberg is terrific in it. Mm. Like, he's reliably good. He's always good. I, like, never have any problem with him. I thought uh, Mia Wasikowska was a little weird. Like her accent was really bizarre. Like it felt like she, it almost felt like she was trying to hide her accent in some scenes. And then some scenes it was just blasting out. I can see full that. bore. Yeah. I was really confused as to like, if she was trying to hide it and just doing a piss poor job of it, or if she, or if she just has some kind of weird accent that only shows up in certain <laughs> words, you know? Yeah. I guess I she's, know. is she Australian? I have no idea. I think she is. And, uh, I'm not sure though, because I and I know the other guy Noah. Um, 
who's the guy? With Noah the Taylor. Noah Taylor. He's British, right? Yeah. But he was doing an Australian accent in the movie, which is weird. I don't, it might be kind of like. Sim- well, hang on. It sounded Australian to me. Is he Eng- or is he Australian? Or I don't is he know. English? Let's look him up real quick. I thought I assumed he was English just because he does an English accent and everything else I've seen him in. You know. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. Like, I think his like Australian and English accents can. Kind uh, he was like- born in in England, London, okay. England. Okay. I just felt like yeah, I felt like ah. the accent was little was a little uh, Aussie, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can. See but that. I liked him in it. I wish there was more of him in it. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I like I've never that. seen this man before in my life. Yeah. And, uh, did you recognize uh, Sally Hawkins? I didn't. I read that she was in it afterwards. I yeah, she was she was the one all. who wouldn't let him into the ball. Oh, okay. Yeah, I totally, <laughs> yeah, totally and, missed her. Yeah, and did you, anybody notice Jay Maskus? No. As the dinosaur, dinosaur Jr.? Jr.? Are you serious? You didn't notice him? No. Where was he at? He's like, whenever uh, Jesse Eisenberg's like fishing into the trash thing for the Oh, he left, was the guy? He's like, oh. what, he's like, what are you doing? I didn't <laughs> know that was him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Okay, I should also say that I watched this movie last night, started it at around 7.30, and then I had to go to work the next day. So I was like, really like, I was watching it, but like, the, and I'm, I apologize, it's a little unfair, because I was like watching it but the whole time thinking i've got to go to bed i gotta go to bed (laughs) but i wanted to get it why i didn't want to come here and not have watched it so right but uh yeah would you get would you guys think of the uh the replicator the the show that he with the action guy he likes that that was my least favorite part of the whole movie yeah that was really odd i thought it was really silly looking and like the Mighty uh, Boosh esque or something it just looked it just looked like the people who were in it looked like they were hipsters making fun of shows like that and i'm just like i don't know i just i wish it was just more <laughs> like a show like star trek or something you know it just looked really put on and fake <laughs> and i really didn't enjoy that but i uh but you know that's that's a small small part of the film okay soundtrack yeah the um, piano stuff was very uh i read later that it's a it's a piece that's uh called the doppelganger it's yeah by, schubert yeah schubert yeah oh, wow. so um you know, I, I appreciate that, but I mean, we kind of didn't know, notice it's it. It's okay, I guess. It was ominous, yeah, which helps, I guess. It's good, good for the tone. Yeah. Yep. Well, what are you going to give this, Kevin? Out of five? Gave it a five. First time I watched it, I still think it's a five. He's I going like five. I, I like this. Yeah, I yeah. like this movie. Like, I like. They're like. This is one of those interesting things where it's like. Like, there are a lot of, like, parts that, like, make me laugh. But, like, this, for me, it's really not, like, a ha-ha kind of movie. Yeah. Oh, not at all. Um, but, yeah, <clears throat> like, uh, I I really like the score, Jesse Eisenberg rules. Um, just the whole, like, impenetrability of, like, how, like, they set up that world where nothing nothing makes sense and you can't, like, try as you might, you will ne- you will never make sense out of it. Um, like that. There's that scene where like, I can't give you a new card. You're not in the system. Well, can you get me back in the system? No. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> I think my favorite part. Like, there's when, just no getting around, and I, like in like um the uh the, gu- <clears throat> the guard who you know is like, hey, hey you yeah. need a pass. Where's your ID? And then like well, any friend of James is a friend of mine. But then he. But then like when he shows up again as the doctor, like. You mustn't blame yourself. These things happen. Was it your first pregnancy? <laughs> and it's like, like just 
just the most deadpan you can imagine. And he's delivering these like horrifying lines. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I like and again, lot. like not necessarily intentionally funny, but like Chris O'Dowd also from the IT crowd. Like, yeah. How, how many pills do you think she took? I have not to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I laughed like, a lot when he tried to get into just the, the party. Just sheer, yeah, the <laughs> absurdity and then the of guard, that. like, comes up to him, and he's just, he's just like, standing there, and he's like, like I've worked for yeah, this company yeah, for seven yeah. years. <laughs> they just, like, drag him away from the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the party he has to be at. Yeah. That's pretty funny. The mandatory party. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh... Like, you... What do you mean? I don't exist. I'm, I'm here. I exist. I'm standing in this room. <laughs> Yeah, gave it a three. <laughs> I'll give it a three. I, I, I thought it was pretty funny. All right. Um, uh, I laughed. I laughed quite a bit. I'm sensing, I'm just going to say two and a half for John. Two and a half is correct. Really? Yeah. I'm not pretty surprised. Good, good guess. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I guess that's going to do it for this week on the Film Yak podcast. Yeah. Next time, we'll be gathering for episode 22, and I guess it'll be my pick. Yeah. Which is weird because last week was my pick, but um Something easy, please. <laughs> possession was taxing. You you picked possession. I know. <laughs> that's not my problem. Oh, right. You hadn't seen it before, right? No. Okay, no, yeah. That's yeah. not my problem, bud. Okay, so next week we're gonna watch Philosophy of the Night. <laughs> <laughs> and solo, double feature. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh next week I, I wanna watch Amadeus. Oh, directed by Milos sweet. Forman. Awesome. Which I've been not, meeting to watch this. You've not seen this? And been, it's very exciting. I almost watched this the other night, actually. Oh, good, good. I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. I watched this like a couple of weeks ago. You still you still want to do it? If uh, I mean, I don't. if you don't feel like you need to rewatch it, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's still pretty fresh in my oh, mind. That, that's so. fine with me. I don't okay. care. I still want to do it because I, okay. I want him to see it. He's never seen it. Okay. And I, I haven't seen it in probably 12 years, so I need to rewatch it also. Cool. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be watching Mila Schwarman's Amadeus, winner of uh, eight Academy Awards in 1984. And um, starring uh, Tom Hulse and F. Murray Abraham in his Oscar-winning performance. Mm -hmm. So uh, that'll be next time. Uh, Until then, you can reach us at feedback at filmiacpodcast.com. Send us your questions and comments and critiques and criticism and anger and love. Are you going to redo your top ten? No. Really? No, it's done. Come on. It's in the vault. You've seen, you've seen like so many <laughs> movies. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't know. It's just like it's just over now. Like, well, I redo it and then go over it again next week and yeah. just bore the shit out of everybody? <laughs> no, thanks. I'll be all right. But uh, our website is filmyakpodcast.com. We've uh, redone a little bit. We've redesigned it sort of. And uh, the blog is more easily accessible now. So if you want to visit our blog, we have lots of trailers and... Uh, links to things there check it out and i guess until next time thanks for listening and stay tuned